here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Do I have everybody's attention now? Just thinking about this match, and I'm standing and pacing in my bed. He's just Mikazi now. He's not okay, so so Mikazi. He's not a kid anymore. He's, he's, he's a, a boy. He's a man. Yeah. He's, he's man. Man Mikazi. Are you ready? He got PWS superstar Brian Buck, <laughs> and he just got into a match. In go Bernalis. In Bernalis. In go Nerablis. And You're missing a B there, but that's. There's a B? This is what I'm talking about. These letters don't go together. Oh, you're having a wank, are you? And it's like, no! You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. Give me a I want to. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome back to the best wrestling podcast in the world is the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast. Of course, I am Joe Lanza with Rich Cranch. Rich we got a million things to get to. we got a packed... It's a busy episode. Yeah, it's crazy. This is a packed show. we got a million topics. But for once, I get to put you in the uncomfortable position. How are you, Rich? Uh, a little under the weather, but I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So it's, it's a nice little... I, the, the current room I do the podcast in. Now, see, now I'm going to have a whole conversation with you. Because, see, I, I'm waiting for somebody to ask how I'm doing. You know, the nurse, I come home. She doesn't care. She doesn't give a shit or whatever. But, you know, I, I'm a little under the weather. The room I'm in... Uh, does not have air conditioning, but today's okay. It's like a 71 degree day. Last week was like 95 or whatever, so it's a little, a little tough to be recording. So I'm, I'm good in that sense, but I'm a little under the weather, a little stuffed up. So if I sound extra Chicago nasally, that is the reason, not because I'm trying to put on a, uh, a, a super fans front or something. So yeah, a little nasally, but yeah, that's how I'm doing, Joe. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. 
You've been See? you've been married for ten minutes, and she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't. She didn't ask you how you're. Oh, she could. She couldn't possibly care less. That happened pre marriage. That happened pre marriage too. She doesn't care about. You know. So. You know the listeners couldn't care less either. It's just. It's. It's. It's just. It's. It, it's awkward. And after five years of this, we haven't figured out how to open a show without asking the other guy how he's doing. Nobody is anybody really good at doing it. No, like I don't, Brian, I don't Brian and Dave do it, and it's the worst. Like Brian will be like, "How you doing, Dave?" And, well, yeah, observer, yeah, busy, yeah. It's just like, all right, and then like, like it's so bad. Like nobody does it well. No, everybody does it terrible. That, how do you start? A, how do you start a podcast? It's so, that's it's because Dave just wrote forty a forty thousand word <laughs> observer, which, by the way, he could easily cut down if he would stop doing like the raw recaps. And does anybody? Yeah, know? that's nuts. Yeah, I don't. I've ne- I haven't read those in six years, probably. Everyone scrolls right through, like the raw recaps and like the Lucha Smackdown Underground recap. recap. Nobody. Yeah. Oh, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, no one's reading that. Now I get it. This is sort of the unofficial slash official journal of wrestling history. And fifteen years from now, someone's gonna pull up. It's it isn't for us on the day it comes out. Those raw recaps and things are for somebody 15 years from now who pull up an old observer because they want to see what was going on on Raw the week of 6-16-2016. You know what I mean? Uh, so I get that. But at the same time, uh, you know, that's half of Dave. I could see what this man's worn down. I mean, half of his work is just typing up these 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 monotonous television recaps. I mean, come on. Uh, and, and just typing out. You know what I always picture, too? I picture him sitting there in that room with that New York Times picture with all that paper all over the floor <laughs> in that awkward his CRT monitor, his CRT monitor. Yeah, with, his, like... with his Apple II on, you know, or, or his uh, or his Commodore 64 on the desk, typing out uh, all of those the results section. I mean, all I, the results. Oh my god, I always wonder that. I'm I mean, like, again, dude, like, it's like I get why they're in the Observer. I think it's important. To die, but it really is it anymore at this point because it's it's on the internet somewhere, right? All of these results, like we have resources like Cage Match or whatever your uh, you know uh, site of choice is. I know there's others. Um, yeah, Internet Wrestling Database, WrestlingData.com. Like there's there's multiple ones. Now in 1987, I get it. You know, the Observer was it. This was your catalog of results and attendances and all that. But it's all over the internet now. I yeah, I don't need the Biloxi, Mississippi like results from the WWE house show. Of, like, <laughs> I feel the- like. Like the B roster house show results from like Biloxi. It's like I whatever, man. Like who? Re- nobody reads those. Nobody cares about those. And, and if you want to find that, you can find it now on the internet. I feel like Dave can like go in the backyard and toss the football around with his kid for those <laughs> for those ninety minutes instead of typing out these awful results. Like that that probably eats up so much of his time just typing Ridiculous. out those results. Uh, you know, I, and it's uh, but but uh, you know. Um, he, he's probably, you know, a master of spelling all these Japanese names, though. Because I don't know about you. When when I write things, I I gotta I gotta you know. I stop for a Google. second. Katsuri Shibata. Even to this day, I have to like the S O U or like the S O Y or whatever. Like every single time, or the S U Y. Every every single time, I like stop really quickly. I'm like, all right, all right. I like I like I get them now, but I have to, I can't do them quickly. I gotta stop for a few of them, and I, I still get a lot of them wrong. There's two I gotta Google every time. Uh, to this day, Ryusuke Taguchi. His first name, I'm never- I've getting him. I finally got him. It was it was best of the super juniors when I finally nailed it. I was doing a review and I was like, ah, I think I got this. And I tried it once and squiggly lines didn't come up and I went, Thank you. I finally got there's it. There's too so. many fucking U's in that name. I, I don't there's there's U's and Y's in like odd spots that don't really make sense. So yeah, I, I get that one. That's that one I only just like two weeks ago figured out how to spell properly. 
And I don't think I've ever spelled Tommaso Champa properly on the first try in my oh, life. I, yeah, I can't do it. When I'm I at just, live shows tweeting, I, he's Champa. I, I've never said Tommaso because I just forget it. Is it and two, even Champa? I, I I'm think thinking it's to myself: Is it two M's? Is it two S's? Is it how do you? Is Champa have a H? I, I I always get it wrong, without fail, as you type it into the uh, into the run sheet here. Yeah. No, you see, it's not. You went with two M's and two S's. That's a new one. I've never seen that one before. Is it I always not? just yeah, guess okay. wrong. I think it's. I think it's no, two. Yeah. M's. Okay. Two M's, one S's. S's. Okay. Well, how there would go. how oh. would? Oh, yeah. it's two S. See, I got it wrong again. It's two yeah, it's M's, two one M's, S's, one so S. I, yeah. This is you know, absolutely not. You, you just you just can't get it right. Uh, so yeah, I feel like Dave can save a lot of time if he just eliminates the results section and eliminates the TV recaps and don't have to you know do forty thousand word observers every week. You know what I mean? But you know what are you gonna do? Hi, we didn't plan on talking about Dave's. We did not. No, that is not one of the forty thousand things we have to talk about. This episode of Voices of Wrestling is sponsored by Casper Mattress. Rich, you can save. $50 on your Casper purchase using the promo code VOW at Casper.com. Is it slash or backslash? That's another one I can never get right. Uh, I go back. Oh, I go slash. I go slash. I think people people used to say backslash, but now I think everybody kind of knows unless you're coding or doing like programming. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go slash. But, you know, backslash if you're specific, if you're a coder and you're like, you need to tell me which one it's. We'll go with backslash. How about backslash? So that's promo that. code VOW at Casper.com <laughs> backslash. VOW to save fifty dollars on your next match. Not bad. Fifty dollars, Rich. That's some nice bones right there. That's that's out. That'll work. And check it out. Completely risk free. Casper offers free delivery and free returns after a one hundred night home trial. One hundred night, Rich. If you don't love this mattress after a hundred nights, they'll pick it up and they'll refund you every penny. How about that? That's not bad. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, so take advantage of this guarantee. For your 100-night free trial, go to casper.com backslash VOW and use the promo code VOW today. Can you imagine 100 nights for Joe Lanza? That's a lot of action on that. You'll know that's a good mattress after 100 nights, right? A Joe Lanza type? You'll, you'll know. I, listen, you like your sleep. F- you like your sleep and other activities, so, you know, hey, that'll... <laughs> You are determined to ruin this uh, sponsor, <laughs> but you are correct. After a hundred nights, if you don't know that you want a mattress by then, I don't know how much longer you would need to sleep on it. So I believe that's an incredible deal. You get one. That's like a third of a year. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. You get a third of a year with this mattress. You know how many Tinder if hookups? It sucks if you say I don't like this, I hate this. They'll take it back for absolutely, free. No that, that. That's great. Absolutely, that's a lot of Tinder matches. But Rich, we've got so much. <laughs> wrestling action to get to starting with this cruiserweight classic now what are they calling this thing now they changed the name night it is the okay it's just a cruiserweight classic i believe it's not the it was because it was the global cruiserweight classic for a little while or the global it wasn't at the global cruiserweight series if i remember correctly right now i believe it's just the cruiserweight classic I, I mixed the two up. I've, like yesterday, I thought it was the Global Cruiserweight Series, but I forgot that now it's the class. I, I, I'm forgetting which one came. I'm 99.9% positive it's now the WWE Cruiserweight Classic. It's the Cruiserweight Classic because aren't they using the CWC yeah, sort right, of marketing right. deal, even though Cruiserweight's one word? Isn't Cruiserweight one word? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That kind of bothers me. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that does annoy me. Now it annoys. See, now I, I gave you oh. something that's going to annoy you now because. Yeah. I really think that that you know nope, CWC. That's one word. Cruiserweight's one word. It's definitely one word. 
Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, I'm looking at the logo now. I've seen that thing before. Yeah, what is that? Get that out of here. Just shoving your logo in wherever you want. Yeah, you can't just you just can't create new. You know, you can't do that. You know, Cruiserweight Twenty. It's always going to bother me looking at that. But they finally announced the names here. We got all 32 guys, Rich. So what I did was we're going to break every one of them down. Okay, because that's what we do here. We're thorough. This is a this oh is, yeah. It's a thorough. This will podcast. be the most thorough you're going to hear ever. The thorough podcast, Rich. We're always very thorough. Uh, so what I did was I uh, took the liberties here. I broke all 32 men down into various categories. And then we're going to look at them uh, from that perspective. So, Rich, here's what we got. We've got the international superstars. And here's who I've got listed under that category. We've got Kota Ibushi, Akira Tozawa of Dragon Gate, of course, and Gran Metallic, who, of course, is uh, – I've never heard of him. (laughs) Who is that? Well, I'll tell you who it is, Rich. That is uh, Mascara Dorada, the man who CMLL and New Japan refused to push. And we'll see if WWE decides to push this man in this tournament. Those are the three international superstars. Rich, uh, were you surprised at the inclusion of Dorado when he was named? Um, I was, yeah, because at first, you know, you read the names um, in their WWE their press release or whatever the hell it was was so bad. It, just because that website is just a mess. What is going on with that WWE.com? It's horrible. It's so bad. Like, it, so they had this press release come out, and it was impossible to figure out like who was what, where it was going on. I clicked things, they didn't go places. It was kind of a mess. And I'm looking at this grand, and I'm like, I cannot. I have no idea what's going. I go on to Twitter, and people are like, you know, the same thing. I see a bunch of people saying, Oh, who's this Grand Metallic guy? Nobody had any clue. And then little by little, it came out, and people were saying. Oh yeah, that's Masquerade Dorada, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, it, it just shocked me from you know the idea that see he's low. The the thing is, you look at his name, you know right there what the indication is there. He would do Masquerade Dorada if Samuel said, "Yeah, go ahead, go do it." He's not, so that's a little interesting there in that sense that he's that there's the need to change his name to get into this tournament or change his sort of branding. In this tournament, that's kind of interesting, and that kind of adds a little bit of wrinkle to it as well. I'm cool with it because I think he's an incredible worker, and I think he's going to wow a lot of people. But like you said, the big question will be, will WWE see that, or will they be like New Japan and TML and just go, I don't know what to do with this guy who's super talented and awesome and great, but whatever. I'm going to give you my take on that because when we get through all 32 of these guys, I have marked off – there's 32 men, so there's got to be 16 first-round winners, right? Mm -hmm. I've got – let's see. I think I have 11 – I have 11 guys who I feel are absolute locks to win a first-round match. And I want to get your take and see if you agree on all 11. And then we're going to try to figure out the other five. Okay. But let's get through all these groups uh, first. Next, we've got the indie superstars. Because I've got two indie groups here. First is the indie superstars. This includes the Gabe guys. Okay. So we've got Zack Sabre Jr., Cedric Alexander, Tony Nice, TJP, or is he being billed as T.J. Perkins here? Is he T.J. Perkins? Uh, from what I've seen, it's T.J. Perkins. So. Okay. Uh, Drew Gulak, uh, Tyson Du, Tyson Ducks. I've never known how to say it's Ducks. Tyson I've Ducks. been watching this guy wrestle for like 15 years, and I still don't know whether it's Du, Duck. Because he's some kind of French deal, French-Canadian guy. Uh, I believe he's I, – I know he's from Canada. I don't know if he's French-Canadian. What TNA call Ducks. him? Get Garrett Kidney on the line. Oh, God. Who cares? Well, God. They also called <laughs> – Osprey was O apostrophe spray, so I don't I don't know that we should look to them immediately as the uh, O O apostrophe spray. <laughs> yeah, let's not look at them as the uh, the the guys to definitely check it. But yeah, I believe it's Ducks. I've always when he was in AEW, everybody announced him as All Ducks. All right, well then Talks let's go with Ducks, ducks so. and then uh, I've got Lince Dorado uh, in that group as well. So I've got those seven men 
the indie superstar group. In this group, Rich, I think these names were all expected, especially uh, the four, or unless you want to consider Dorado the fifth, the evolved guys we knew about for some time. Cedric Allen. Ducks was probably the only one that I would say, just off the top of my head, I didn't remember hearing a bunch about exactly, it. Exactly, because Cedric Alexander, if you had your ear to the ground, you knew he was going to be announced. Oh, too. I mean, come on. yeah. Uh, so he was another one. So Tyson Ducks, really the only one kind of out of left field there. You would agree with that, I guess? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got, okay, the WWE contract, guys. I've got three in that group, and that's Johnny Gargano, uh, the man whose name we cannot spell, Tommaso Ciampa, and, of course, Rich Swan, which I think is a bit of a surprise because all we kept hearing in the lead-up to this was that he was injured and might not be able to participate. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, he was a name that kind of surprised me. Not that I didn't think he was going to be in here, but like you're saying, the big thing around him was always hurt, always dealing with this, he's dealing with that. You know, there's some issues, lingering things here and there. I believe Dave reported a few weeks ago as well that he was having some issues. I believe it was back or, or something to that effect. So to have him just flat out in it, it it's great. I'm glad. I, I love the guy. I think he's awesome. I think he's incredible. I think he's just a super charismatic guy. So I'm glad to hear that he's healthy enough to be in here. So I, I, I was fully on board with him being along here. Next group, names from the past. I got two guys here, Tajiri and Brian Kendrick. I get the feeling that these were sort of, okay, we couldn't fill this field necessarily. So, you know, you know, we, we, we call these guys up. They're not going to say no. I don't think these guys were in the original plans. That's just my feeling. I don't know that for a fact. Maybe they wanted some guys with some familiar names to the WWE fan base. But then again, when was the last time these guys were on WWE TV? Yeah, like Tajiri might, but like it, it's always hard to get that idea. You know what I mean? Like we always say that of of oh, are they familiar to that? Because of course those guys are familiar to us. You and I both know all about Tajiri. We all know about Brian Kendrick or whatever. Familiar to us, but if, I I do wonder if you just went up to a random WWE fan, like a, you go to a show, the guy that's wearing a Cena shirt or whatever, and you go, hey man, what's your best memory of Tajiri? Like I think he's just gonna stare at you, right? I mean, like I really don't think he's gonna know. Like Tajiri, when was the last time? I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I don't know exactly. Was it oh five oh six? Like. Did he pa- did he last pass uh, 06? I don't know if he did. Maybe 07 at the most. Point here is Fernando wouldn't know either one of these guys. Right. So. Fernando's not going to know anything. Yeah, and he's especially not going to go Brian Kendrick. Like, I feel like even if you're a super casual fan, you might remember Tajiri. I was like, oh, yeah, he spit, missed at people and was that. Brian Kendrick, I'll be honest. Like, I don't think a, a super casual fan would remember him, even if they were watching at the time. You know what I mean? Like, he was, to us, you know, we know him as the indie star and, and Spanky and all that sort of stuff. But I think to the casual fans, he was just a guy that was in and out. Like, I really just do not think a casual fan would know a whole lot about him. So I don't really necessarily buy that 100% where people are saying, oh, well, they need some names that people are going to be familiar with because I don't think people are familiar with those guys. I, that, like, that's I, my I, point exactly. I don't buy that yeah. either. I think it was just these are space fillers. Um, you know, easy guys to call up. You know they're going to participate. And, you know, look, I, you know, Tajiri will be fun. Um, look, personally, I, I think Tajiri's washed up. I haven't seen a good Tajiri match in years. Uh, and, you know, he pops up on tape every now and then, and he just doesn't seem the same. Uh, he and, and look, this is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. I mean, I, I loved Peak Tajiri. Um, if people are expecting that, if you're expecting the guy you're watching on your award-winning WWE Network against Super Crazy on all those great ECW matches, that, that's yeah, not no. the Tajiri you're getting. This is now the 45, 46-year-old Tajiri, which yeah, is just not, on a few unfortunately pounds, not. And, you know. Yeah, oh, he he doesn't look this, like, he's a tough guy to, like, you'll see him in the ring sometimes, and if you don't look at what match is on or whatever, I forget that that's actually Tajiri sometimes, because it, it, it he looks a little, like, enough different where you just kind of think he might be somebody else. Do you get that vibe ever? He put on a little, him, little like, weight, and he moved on with his life. 
life and and uh you know he still wrestles part-time or whatever but uh i i haven't you know his matches haven't done anything for me in a long time same for brian kendrick i think brian kendrick has been shit for probably close to 10 years at this point i mean however whenever first of all it's funny you say that no one's going to remember him because didn't he have him didn't him in london have like the longest tag title reign with that secondary tag title yeah whatever it was like Smackdown that Smackdown and- one though like like we know like ever that was kind of like I, I but i still don't think like a casual and i don't mean this is any slight to both of i i love those guys i love that run i love kendrick i like london at that time as well i just mean like to a casual fan i don't know how much that team and that title reign really sunk into you on smackdown in like 2004 you know what i mean like like i i just don't know i i maybe i'm wrong i, I hope i'm, I'm wrong. agreeing with you that that yeah you're you're that there's that these two guys are in no way a draw to the casual WWE fan. Not at all. They don't know who they are. They don't remember them. Um, so I, I completely agree with that. Um, but I just think it's funny that Brian Kendrick had that long title run, which actually they're making. Didn't they bring that up on TV not too long ago, too, for whatever reason? Uh, I do. I, I thought I heard it in a pay-per-view or something. Maybe payback or something like yeah. that. I forgot what they brought it up for exactly. But I do remember hearing that. And yet, you know, despite that. Uh, you know, it, it, it's like you said, it, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't memorable. It didn't sink in, but yeah, so you got those two guys and Kendrick, look, he left a bad taste in my mouth with that Dragon Gate USA run oh. that he had about oh. seven or eight years ago where he was just God. awful. Then he popped up in New Japan for uh best of the super juniors one year and was doing this, a similar gimmick, like with the mirror. He just, he just hasn't been good. And, the bad on purpose thing because that's what it was yeah, kind of right that's exactly like, that's it, like i'm bad on purpose but it's like well, what are you doing like, like, why are you the doing pro this? wrestling artist where he yeah. where the thing with you know it was way too meta it was you know i'm gonna throw on uh reverse chin locks and be bad on purpose and that's how i'm gonna get heat and it was just the wrong kind of heat it was like this is boring and no one wants to see this and it just didn't work and his uh his most recent new japan runs didn't work i'm not excited about seeing brian kendrick at all Tajiri, I think, could be fun. He'll do a little comedy. He'll do his Tajiri thing. I have no. Yeah, he'll spray some mist at somebody, at some jobber, maybe get a win or two. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I'll be interested to see I'm if he gets out of it. for him to have five star matches in this thing. Oh, he's going to go out there and have some fun. But Brian Kendrick, I would have preferred another complete unknown, to be completely honest with you. I'm- yeah, well, I, I think the, the Kendrick one seems to me, and we, we sort of knew afterwards, or reports came out after, we had heard a little bit as well about Amazing Red being one that they really wanted in there. Of course, he got injured, had some issues or whatever. Do you think he's the replacement? Do you think that that's where they probably had Amazing Red slotted and then just said, ah, oh, we need somebody else that, you know, somebody that can kind of a veteran to work with these guys or whatever. Maybe Kendrick came in after that. I don't know. I, 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 it seems like a natural sort of replacement. He doesn't seem like uh, a guy who they originally were going to go after. Cause I don't know. Like if amazing round was supposed to be in there, then who, yeah, like you said, Kendrick just seems like a guy that they just called and said, Hey, are you available? Like, oh, okay. Whatever. I'll come. But yeah, I'm with you. If amazing red or an unknown would have been way better. Cause I just, I'm not excited about Kendrick anymore. And I know p- people are going to be disappointed because I think people have fond memories of him, but I, I don't know. Well, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit, but Ah, he left such a bad taste about those last, you know, like you said, that New Japan was was just equally as bad as, as the Dragon Gate run. Because we always sort of thought that, hey, maybe he's just, you know, jacking around during the Dragon Gate run. Maybe he's just, you know, screwing around. Then he went to New Japan and did that thing during the best of the Super Juniors. And I remember you and I were talking about it and covering it at that time. And we were just like, oh, come on, man. Like, you can't come here and do that. Like, that's no. Yeah. So, uh, hey, listen. Uh, you know, come for uh, some some good wrestling and then, and then stay for the Brian Kendrick burials is what this podcast is all about. <laughs> I like the guy. Uh, it's just not that good anymore. We yeah. just buried him six feet under. I'll um, take 2002 to 2007 uh, Spanky slash Brian Kendrick any day. 
Next category. No, you will not. Okay. I, listen, I I, no, just, I was never a big Brian Kendrick guy. Never got it. Okay. That's um, fair. he was all right. You know what I mean? I didn't. You know, if I was at an indie show and and his match was up next, I didn't go to the bathroom. You know what I mean? It, you know, he, you know, he he didn't have that Pinky Sanchez vibe to me, where I don't even want to watch him. You know what I mean? Or Sammy Callahan or somebody like that. But you know, he just never. I don't know. He was never one of my favorites. Um, next category, we've got. I'm calling this category like your secondary international guys. Okay. okay. Uh, so what we've got here, and this is actually the biggest of all the categories. We've got Noam Dar, Damak Rich, uh, Jack Gallagher, Zumbi, Raul Mendoza, who, uh, of course, is uh, Jinzo. We'll talk about him more in a minute. Of course. <laughs> For all of our – of course. Uh, so many of our listeners watch DTU. So I, I think more people are familiar with Jinzo than you think, and we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Uh, Alejandro Saez, who, again, I think more people will be familiar with him than you think too, Rich, and you may even be familiar with him and not even know it. Uh, Damian Slater from Australia. And Rich, one of your favorites, Hi. Jason Lee. I'm trying to remember why is he one of my favorites? Is it because I had to take him in that draft, that Perot draft? You drafted Jason Lee in the DKP show Perot draft. <laughs> is that why he's my guy? Because I was trying to think the other day. I was like, do I like Jason Lee? I don't think I do all that. Well, I like he's fine, but I was trying to remember why and, and, well, he was my guy. But now I, now I remember. The thing about it was you drafted him so early, and we and we <laughs> all just basically laughed you off the uh, laughed you off the conference call. Well, now now who's who's winning and, that? And and the last laugh goes to Krejci. Because Jason Lee is part of the Cruiserweight Classic, <laughs> and and he could go all the way. You never know. This could be uh, another big time. I don't think Jason Lee is going all the way. <laughs> so let's – I love that I drafted him when he was like 20. I think that's why I got him. I was like, ooh, hot young prospect or whatever. He's like 19 years old. He's from so Hong Kong. So let's start Kong. with Jason Lee. Yeah. Might as well start with him. Wrestle 1, I think, is where most people will be familiar with him, right? I mean uh, – A little zero one too, right? Yeah, but zero one one never makes tape. Yeah, right. I mean, so, if you watched Zero One four years ago, you might have remembered seeing him briefly. But yeah, for the it's going to be Wrestle One probably. Where you, yeah, you've seen him. yeah, where he's at least made some tape. Um, I don't even know if if he's wrestled in Japan in in, in a couple of years now. Honestly, I don't I don't know the answer because I haven't seen him pop up on anything. And it, but then again, he could still be in Zero One because you, you never see any of their shows anyway. So who knows? But uh, originally, yeah, I think he's a China guy, right, or a Hong Kong guy. Yeah, I think he's back in China. If I remember correctly, he's been doing a lot of wrestling in China, or maybe not a lot, but at least I know that he's been doing uh, some stuff in China as well. So, right. so he's a guy who uh, Pearl fans would be familiar with. Uh, two other guys I think Pearl fans and Lucha fans would be familiar with. the Raul Ma- Mendoza, who was known as Jinzo up until a couple of weeks ago, and it was kind of a clue when he sort of changed his name and Cubs fan passed that along on Twitter that he was now going by the name Raul Mendoza, we all should have sort of put our heads together and figured out that that's why. Because he'd been known as Jinzo for a long time. Now, Rich, you may or may not recall, he had a Noah run probably in 2013 or 2014 uh, as Jinzo. He's also a DTU guy. And as you know, I, I used to be a big fan of DTU. I haven't watched their shows in a while now. But 2013, 2014, uh, he was a DTU guy with uh, with people like Flamita and uh, Drastic Boy and, and that whole crew. And when guys like Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards were doing tours down there, Rich Swan, who's also in this tournament, when DTU was kind of a, a more of a thing than it is now, Jinzo was one of those dudes. And I mm-hmm. and I just saw Jinzo WrestleMania weekend when I went to that grimy lucha show, that Martinez promotion show with uh, with Rob Viper. He worked on that show, and I'll tell you, he looked excellent. He was probably 
the cleanest worker on the show. I'll say that he obviously, really? he obviously wasn't the biggest star because you had your Pentagon juniors and your extreme tigers and people like that who were on the show. But I will say that he was probably the cleanest worker on the show and he looked really good. I mean, he just looked smooth. He looked sharp. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to win a match in this tournament, which is a shame. I hope he gets more. I hope he's not one of these guys who, you know, the last thing I want to see is Raul Mendoza booked opposite of Kota Ibushi in the first round. You know, he's going to get <laughs> six minutes. He's not going to get any, any of his shit in. I'm telling you, if this guy gets some time, especially if he wins a match and he gets to wrestle two matches. And I think, you know, I'm not sure there's going to be a one and done thing. I think in these tapings, the, the losers are going to get to participate in some other matches. I don't don't you. Get that you idea? may as well record it. Yeah. With these, you've got these guys here. I mean, you're not going to fly Jason Lee over, have him wrestle one match and it's four minutes and then send him off. Like, yeah, have these go do a bunch of stuff with these guys. Tape this stuff, throw it on the network, whatever. Like, just have these guys go in the ring. Use it as a tryout. I mean, I think, I think that's the biggest thing that we and we've been banging that drum for a while now when people are getting kind of nuts about, oh, how about this guy or how about that? It, it, it's partially like, let's have some good content for the network let's put some stars but a lot of it is a tryout too it's like an active live tryout or whatever for a lot of these guys so yeah like i let them work as many times as possible record it and do whatever with it later like you have this network i mean no one's it's not going to make or break you if you throw up 10 you know cruiserweight classic you know losers bracket matches on the network like nobody like all you're going to get is a benefit from that right like they're going to be there you're going to be recording it like why not it's exactly what you said this is a tryout camp yeah this is a tryout camp and a recruiting tool that's what we've learned uh, from what this was. I mean, a lot of people thought when they announced this, it was just going to be 32 international, you know, that international stars group we started with, Abushi and Dorada and uh, Tazawa. We thought it was going to be, a lot of people thought it was going to be 32 guys like that. But that's not what this is. This is, uh, this is a recruiting tool and it's a tryout camp. So you're absolutely right. And I think that maybe the losers, maybe we'll have some tag matches on some of the other shows because this is spread out, you know, with two or three tapings. So there's plenty of time to use these guys. But yeah, that's a guy who I'm telling people, I'm telling you, this, Ra- this Raul Mendoza, I think he's going by Raul Mendoza in this tournament. He's also. He is going, yeah, because he's Ronnie Mendoza on the. Yes. On DTU now, right? Or, or, or on the indie scene. Yeah. Wherever he, wherever, yeah, wherever. He's, he's no longer now, yeah. Jinzo, is the point. But this is a guy who I want people to keep their eye on. And he's without the mask now, correct? Oh, no, he doesn't wear a mask now. He's done with the no, mask. He hasn't okay. worn a mask in a while. I don't know if he lost a mask match somewhere or because um, when he was in Noah, he was masked, right? I, I he was in a junior league, right? He did a lot of tours around 2014, uh, that neighborhood, with okay. actually the next guy we're going to talk about, Alejandro Saez, who was extra large in Noah. Um, and they were there at roughly the same time. That's when Kento was recruiting guys from South America. Remember when mm-hmm, Kento mm-hmm. was going on those South American trips? I do. <laughs> trying to and bring guys back. Yes. Find some level of pleasure in working with pros. <laughs> so, and he brought and he brought people back. Like an extra large yeah. was one of them. And uh, that was around that same time. I think Rocky Lobo, who was another DTU guy, I think he came over with Jinzo during that time. I'm almost positive he did, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Alejandro Saez is another guy. He used to be known as Extra Large. I think he's from Chile. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. Chile. So, Chile. 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 All right. You know, uh, Larry's going to get on me for that one for saying Chile. <laughs> probably, I'm yeah. saying probably. it like the food dish, but you're telling me it's Chile. Uh... It's Chile. Well, I'm going to – look, I've said Chile my whole life. I'm sticking with Chile. You can do it. You do you. Right, yeah. I'm doing okay. me. Don't change because of me. So that's uh, Mendoza and Saez, two guys who, who uh, again, if you follow uh, Pro Wrestling Noah or Pro, you might be familiar with them a little bit. And um, in, in Mendoza's case, I think he's been working uh, Pro Wrestling Elite lately. 
um, in Mexico. So if you've been watching the elite shows, you've probably seen a bit of his work as well. Um, Damien Slater, if you don't know much about Damien Slater, go to our forums. This isn't even a cheap plug. We actually have a thread in the international section for Australian wrestling. And Damien Slater is one of the focused guys. There's plenty of tape on him in that thread. So go on our forums if you want to know all about Damien Slater and check out some of his work, you can go see it on our forums. Rich, have you watched any of that stuff? Because I, I have not. I haven't seen any of him. Uh, what, what, what have you uh, sort of gleaned from watching? I him haven't watched so it either. So, okay. uh, you know, I'm going to catch up on him before. I will now. I mean, of course, now I will. But yeah, I've never had a never had a reason to watch Damien Slater tapes until now. But now we got it. So this is that. Hey, the the tournament's already working for me. I'm. I'm Going to seek out that guy. So there you because, go. There's one guy already. Let's be honest. If you're going to turn on this Royal Cruiserweight Classic, it's good to have this background information because then you could be invested somewhat in these. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone might be listening to this saying, you know what? I remember Jinzo from Noah. I know that guy. I didn't know who Raul Mendoza was, but uh, here's a guy I can get behind now. Or, you know, I'm going to go watch these Damien Slater matches and maybe they'll like what they see and they'll be like, I'm going to get behind this Slater. So that's why we do this. And he's a guy who's had a tryout before, too. So he's a guy that, that, you know, if he does impress here or if he does, I mean, this is a guy that they've had on their radar before as well. So he's an interesting one to sort of look at as well. He's, he's not uh, just plucked out of nowhere type guy. Zumbi. Now, this is a guy who's gotten some work in Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. Has, I think he's been working some elite shows as well, right, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yes, yes. So, I'm on his cage match right now. Yeah, he's been doing Lucha Libre. Elite. And he's a Brazilian. Uh, did, if you're on his cage match, did he have any names before Zumbi? Uh, let's see here. Uh, I got... Yep, nope, that's it, Zumbi. All right, so there you go. So uh, I don't know anything about him, um, but I have heard the name before, so that's why I put him in this group because I have another group here, which, you know, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but, but yeah, so that's Zumbi. And then we've got three Europeans, Noam Dar, who, look, this guy signed, right? Didn't that come out this week in The Observer? Um, so. I believe so. Yeah, I don't know 100%, but I, the, the idea is obviously they're going to push him as a big star. That, that's a guy, he's going to win. He's going to win his first round. He's going to win a lot. He's, yeah, I think he's Israeli or has an uh, Israeli background or whatever. Yes. So there, there's a want to sort of push him as something bigger than just a guy coming over a, from a Europe. A bit of a ringer here because yeah, it, right. it's a guy that they're not necessarily pushing on their social media or on the website right now, but this is clearly a guy who they see some future with, and, and I'm almost positive that he's, he, that, that he's signed. I think that was in The Observer this week. I've been hearing rumors that they're signing this guy for a while now. And here's the other thing about Dar. He's only 22 years old, okay? And they don't typically sign people that are that young. They've sort of gotten away from signing people that are that young. So they really see something in this guy that they're going to bring him in here and, may, and put him as part of full to 22 years old. So Dar is a guy everyone mm-hmm. Should be keeping a close eye on, and I'm sure if you know if you follow the European wrestling scene, you've seen this guy a million times. And you know he's very talented. Yeah, he so. did a bunch of progress stuff. Uh, he did the British boot camp. I think the second season though, so not the one that everybody because the first season aired internationally. I think the second season was only UK, but no, he he's done a little T, uh, TNA stuff. He's done progress, uh, PCW, like things like that. He's been around the scene for a while, even though he's you know so still so young. So yeah, you uh, you've probably seen his name or at least seen something of him, but definitely seek it out because he's he's really good for his age. A lot of ice as well and, lately too, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has done a little bit of that. But he's a guy that, yeah, he's a guy, again, look at and, and follow because this isn't going to be a one-off thing with him. It's not just, like we're saying here, This he, he's a guy, there, there's there's a want and a need to sort of build him up as something bigger than just a guy coming over for this shot. Like, he, he's going to be there for a long time, so. Damak, Rich, what can you tell me about Damak? I don't know much about Damak, unless it's <laughs> it's not Damak I think I think it is. So. Uh, I tell you, this it's from Germany. I know nothing of Damak. He is a German, and he's a WXW guy, so maybe we should get Alan on the horn, the play-by-play man, the English play-by-play man for W. Have you heard Alan's commentary? 
It's good. It's very good. It's very good. I love the way it calls it's excited. Him. Alan, that's the best part because it's like he just loves everything, and it's like it's perfect. It's perfect for us and guys. And, and that's Alan. He just, he always loves it, you know. And, and and you're right. It's perfect. He makes everybody sound like a million bucks. He calls the moves. You know, he, he's just sneaky too with his commentary. You know, he gets a little sassy sometimes with the commentary too. And he's you know he he slips a couple zingers in there. He does a nice job. But yeah, the Mac is a German guy from WXW. I got to be honest. I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle. If I have, he didn't leave much of an impression on me. And so the, I don't the have problem is, I've watched some of those W. I, I've watched those because we, we yeah. get them and we post them on the forums as well. If you yes. go, of course, not again, another, another cheap plug with voicewrestling.com slash forums. We will because we get sent from WXW. They send us weekly their show because they their English language show is up on YouTube free for everybody to watch. So they'll send it to us and we post it on the forums all the time. And I will watch time from time. You know, I, I watched a bunch of them. I don't recall ever seeing the Mac, so unfortunately, I can't really give a strong opinion about him. I'm sure I've seen him, but like you're saying, I don't know if he left an impression. But uh, he's got like cornrows or kind of like a, a, an oddly designed hair, so maybe you've seen him if you've seen that. But yeah, I, I, I nothing really grabbed me at any point with the Mac. The so, Mac, sorry. the Mac, very important distinction here. Not the Mac, Rich. The Mac. Okay, as a rap fan, you should make these distinctions. <laughs> Did I say the or the? I don't know. It sounded like you said the, but it's the oh, Mac. Okay, the I Mac. Never do it. All right, so uh, and then we've got Jack Gallagher, another European who I put on this uh, uh, second tier international list. So that's uh, that's all eight of those guys. Like I said, that's the biggest group I have. Um, I really like this group. I think they did a good job. I think they unearthed the word is that's super crazy help them recruit some of these guys, which makes sense when you see a couple guys with the Noah connections because Super Crazy, of course, was was uh, bouncing around Noah around that time as well. So. Um, you know, I think this is a nice group. I think that there's some guys here who can surprise people, and I think Dar is the guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, there's a nice blend of sort of unknown guys, guys we don't know, or guys that sort of the hardcores will know. But I think the work all around of all those guys, and I think that's the big thing. And you mentioned like a Jinzo, uh, a Jason Lee, who who's almost ahead of his age a little bit in terms of work. Uh, Demac again, or, or, or uh, Norm Dar, I meant uh, there, a guy that again, these are all like. Young guys that are good. They're solid guys, but they're still – it's going to be a fun little exploration there. We, You may have heard the names. You might have kind of been somewhat familiar with these guys, which is good. You don't want complete jobbers or complete unknowns or guys with no personality. But it's good to have these guys where they're – you, you got to learn some stuff. You're going to try to research, and and they might – a lot of these guys only last one round. But it's going to be fun to sort of check them out and see how they adapt to that you know that atmosphere being in this Cruiserweight Classic. It's a big deal. It's the biggest thing for a, every single one of these guys. It's the biggest thing they've ever done. So it's it's – it's cool in that sense. I've seen five of them wrestle, and I'm going to seek out Slater before it starts because I know where to find his stuff. So uh, that'll be six. And and maybe the Mac, too. I just can't. I don't remember. Um, next list, we've got secondary North American indie guys. This is interesting because we've got uh, the boys, the global four <laughs> world tag team champions of the world, Rich. Hey, right, if Jeff you listen to our episode a few this. weeks ago. Yeah, if you listened to our episode a few weeks ago, we broke down all the uh, Global Force Wrestling Champions. You would know about the Bollywood Boys, so there you go. Harv and Gurv Shira. So, uh, yeah, that's – listen, Global Force Tag Team Champions. Will they bring <laughs> the neon green belts? I would. That's the big – where they throw them in the trash can? Is, is, are we – I don't know. And then we've got Arya Davari, who, of course, is the younger brother of Sean Davari, who everyone <laughs> listening to this is probably more than familiar with from both uh, WWE and TNA. This is the younger brother. Now, he wrestles in your neck of the woods. Have you seen him wrestle? Yeah, I've seen him once or twice. He uh, He's done some Dreamwave shots uh, with his brother. He's OK. He's a lot bigger than like what I think Sean. I mean, Sean Davari was pretty 
beefy too, but of course he was at that era of like uh, WWE, you know, 2002, 2003 or whatever. No matter how big you were, like you, you still didn't look because these guys were just giants. Everybody was beefed up out of their minds or whatever. Uh, where Arya, he's now he sort of stands out because he's got a very good physique. He's he's pretty big. I, I think Sean's probably better overall. I think Sean's a little bit more of an athletic worker. He works kind of kind of strong. He works kind of plotting. Like I don't know if that was because of what he was doing or what the angle in Dreamwave or whatever. I don't know if he's going to bust out the big moves here, but that's always the vibe I've gotten from him is he works a little bit. I, I think people will be surprised by him. I, I, I don't know in a good way, though. I think he might disappoint, but we'll see. Oh, a burial of Davari. So yeah, Brian, I don't Brian Kendrick and Davari getting uh, getting buried here on the show. Interesting. Um, the final group, Rich, is called Who the Fuck Are These Guys? Because... Um, <laughs> oh, you don't know Ho-Ho Lun? Come on. Let, well, let's start there. Ho-Ho Lun. Now, this is another guy from... Uh, <laughs> I think Meltzer has done plenty to bury this guy because he keeps calling... Uh, what's the word he keeps using for the wrestling and... Uh, primitive. And, uh, primitive the primitive hong kong scene like he's like yeah like they're just hitting rocks together (laughs) but here's the thing i'm not sure dave's wrong because if you remember the um wwn live shows from china those fans had no concept of pro wrestling and look i know hong kong isn't necessarily china but you know this whole one has been wrestling in china um and and it's like the weirdest things like Spots that never get a reaction in America or or anywhere anywhere really Japan America you're we're getting huge reactions in China. Yeah, I forgot what it was. There was like a fireman's carry or something, and they just went absolutely insane for it. You know what I mean? Like 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 Ricochet was doing flips, and they were just kind of like ah oh, whatever. And then someone did like yeah, he did like a fireman's carry or something like that, and they just went they came unglued and it was like what? Like what are you doing? Like those are the most fascinating shows ever to watch. It, like to see how they how they interacted and reacted to different guys. Like that guy's being too cocky, and no, we don't. Like it was just weird. It was like watching pro wrestling from like 1955. It's exactly what it was. It was, I remember someone did the old heel spot where they offer a handshake, but then kick the guy in the gut when he comes in for the handshake. We've seen it a million times. It doesn't get over anymore. They were incensed that this man (laughs) uh, had the audacity to fool his opponent into tricking him with a handshake offer and then kicking him in the gut. And the other spot that got a huge reaction I believe it was Earl Cooter, if I'm not mistaken. No, it was Jody Christofferson. Jody Christofferson, <laughs> after a match. That's a name. That's a name. There. He chased the referee to the back. <laughs> and the fans were in shock. They're like, is he going to beat up the official? <laughs> What's he going to do if he catches this guy? They were, they were, they were, they were like, uh, they were gasping. You know, as as he chased the referee uh, to the back, I, I I don't know what how they would have reacted. Yeah, you you would have thought that Jody Christopherson was like prime like Stan Hansen for the way the crowd was reacting of, of like, oh my god, this renegade like rebel is what's he gonna do? Oh dear God! Like just seeing him running too, even if he wasn't running at the red, like just seeing him run. I think they were feared that he was gonna come into the crowd. Like they didn't know what the hell this guy was gonna I do. I think what they were thinking was, now look at it this way. What if they were watching a basketball game and a player went running after the ref? Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. They reacted to it the same way that fans would react to that because to them, they didn't know what the fuck they were watching. LeBron James gets a foul and chases and the chases referee. chases the referee into the locker room. <laughs> right. you know, like, oh, God. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, he chases Dick Bavetta into the locker room. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that would be great. It, That'd be fantastic. Joey Crawford, he should beat the show. Absolutely. 
And yeah, no, no question about it. Didn't Crawford retire? Is he still? Uh, this is it. This, this is, is it, it for him, him right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's how they, so anyway, so it is primitive wrestling. So, but, but Dave really goes overboard and burying the Ho-Ho Lun. I, I think he goes a little far with that. I think he put Ho-Ho Lin in this year, in this week's Observer too. And I believe it's Lun, but I, I guess I should find that out for sure. Do you but. think they're going to match up Ho-Ho Lun with Jason Lee just because they're familiar with each other? Um, just to make them a little more comfortable. Of course, that means one of them has to advance. You know what? We'll get to that. Let me finish the. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So the the rest of the who the fuck. It is Ho Ho Lun. So Dave, it's not Lynn. It is so there you definitely Ho Ho Lun. Here's the rest of the uh, who the fuck are these guys group. And I know I'm going to botch this one. This is a French man. Uh, Clement <laughs> Petout. Clement Petout? Petout? Not a, not a Montreal Canadian. <laughs> Uh, have the producer pull that one up. Is that man on cage match? I bet he's not. Okay, let's see. Clement. I have no idea how to pronounce it. I, I can never do any French names, so. Clement Petout. P-E-T. We'll go with that. It's, definitely, it's probably not that at all. But. Let's go with Petout. No one's going to know. Oh, my God. I looked up his name in cage match and nothing came up. Uh, yeah, who the I, fuck are you, I sir? Mean. So we don't know who he is. All we know is that. What do we know about this guy? He's French. That's pretty much you know, all that we know about. French, good physique is all uh, Dave said. Yeah, I got nothing here. I. I like legitimately, when you look up his name in cage match, it says your result did not match anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like, I mean, we have absolutely nothing to give you. So I have more confidence in Ho Ho Lun than I do in Clement Patut because I know Lun is in there with some guys that I'm familiar with. And I, I don't know. I have a feeling I, this Patut, I'm not sure if they, they I think they just picked this guy because he has muscles. OK, then we've got Fabian Ackner, who apparently is from Italy. I, that's not a very Italian <laughs> I, I yeah that that's kind of bizarre, but so again I know nothing. We can't help you. I found him on Facebook, but he hasn't uh, posted since 2011. So uh, now we've got somebody named Anthony Bennett who apparently wrestles in New Jersey. I am from New Jersey. I am uh, tuned in with the New Jersey Indies, <laughs> and I must tell you, I have no idea who Anthony. Bennett is. Yeah, former former number one pick of the Cleveland Cavaliers, Anthony Bennett, right? Uh, that would be same if guy. It was uh, it's but, not this guy is like a super high top fade. Have you seen what this guy looks like? I he's no. Oh, okay. Let me look uh... him up on Cage Match, and he doesn't exist. All right, are you you're on our Google Doc right now? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, so go to the part. This is Anthony Bennett. Yes. Uh, it, it's like it's spectacular. Like they might have him go all the way just based off. All right, it just posted. Look at that bad boy. Are you there? Hold on. Hold on. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, it's it's like spectacular. This is it's, like it's... Darren Young from NXT. Yeah, it's a spectacular high top fade. So. I don't, know. I don't know. Unless he's wrestled under a different name, I've never heard of the guy. No, he's. I'm. I'm looking at his matches. It looks like he is very low indies. Like, uh, like monster. Uh, oh, monster factory. He's, done oh, he's some a monster, monster factory, factory guy. Stuff. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to see what else he's done. He's fought a guy named War in a ladder match for the Supersonic Championship. I don't know. Okay. He's definitely not a wrestle pro or or. Uh... No, he's definitely not. He's yeah, Monster Factory looks like primarily for him, but he's yeah, he's not it's... a Jersey Championship wrestling guy because his name would have come up in conversations I've had. So he's not wrestling for uh, any of the major. He's not an ECPW no. guy. He also hasn't updated his Facebook page since November uh, 2015. So I don't know if he's gotten additional booking since then and just decided ah, I don't need Facebook anymore, or if he, I, yeah, it's very. Get some of these guys, like all right. I don't know. And then we've no got, cage uh, match for you, no cage so. match at all. No, I tried looking that up before. Uh, Sean Maluta, another guy I have no idea, couldn't tell you the first thing about him other than whatever Dave wrote this week. Um, what did Dave write this week about Sean? Dave? Wrote the nephew of Afa, which means he's cousins with Roman Reigns and the Usos. Is he the guy who looks like absolute shit 
Oh, yeah, he is that guy, isn't he? Somebody on WWE.com where they rolled out the names, there was one guy who looked so indie-rific. No, okay, no, it's not this guy. It's not the indie. No, it's not. It's not. No, I mean. Who's the indie-rific guy? Fabian Ackner? Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, I don't know. It's not. Is it Kenneth Johnson? Well, he's the last guy, so we might as well. I don't know anything about. Let me let me Google search Kenneth Johnson. Oh God, that's an author. Okay, that's not who I wanted. But wrestler Kenneth Johnson, wrestler. That's why did Slick come up? Is that Slick's name? I Ken Kenneth Johnson Slick. There you go. So, doing a doing a Google search for Kenneth Johnson wrestler does uh, it only gives you Slick? I hope so it is Slick. Be, <laughs> that would be impressive. Come out the Jive Soul, bro. It'd be great. I don't think he's gonna hit the weight limit though. I don't know. Who Slick? Uh, he. I don't know about Slick. He put on some pounds. He's a little beefy these days. Yeah. All right, I can't find anybody. Come out with that yeah, one of the guys just like full eighties racist. <laughs> it wasn't. Shamaluda looks like a like a really out of shape like Jimmy Uso. Like not really out of shape, but like not in very good shape. Jimmy Uso. Like he looks like one of them. That that wasn't that guy. The genetics are working against everyone in that family. Yeah, I don't know how old he is. He's probably thirty, and that's why he looks like that. So that's that can do it. Yeah, there was one guy that was just like the most like he had like terrible tights, was like in such bad shape. Like he definitely just works at like a mortgage company during yeah. the week and then like wrestles on Friday nights or whatever. Were, I don't yeah. know who that was. Maybe kind of John because I can't find anything about kind of Johnson because it's not any of these other guys. There were a couple oh. indie rific looking guys, but not as many as I thought there was gonna be. Um, but yeah, so that's the who the fuck are these guys group. Um, I don't know anything about uh, pretty much any of them. So uh, they all seem to be first round fodder to me. I don't think any of them are going to win a match unless they do the Ho Ho Lun Jason Lee match because then one of them's got to win, right? And you know, WWE just did a lot of business in China over the mm-hmm. last two days. So it kind of would make sense if one of those two guys win. With that said, Rich, I'm going to give you my list of 11 guys who I think are absolute locks to win a first-round match while you ponder whether they'll put one of the Chinese guys through to the next round as well. Or both of them. Who knows? Here's my 11. Tell me if you disagree with any. Kota Ibushi. Yeah, no no doubter. No doubt. Akira Tozawa. No doubt. Grand Metallic. Yeah, absolutely. Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, 100%. Cedric Alexander. Mm-hmm. Tony Nice. Mm, yeah, yeah. TJP. Yeah. Drew Gulak. Yeah. Johnny Gargano. Oh, yeah, of course. Tommaso Ciampa. Mm-hmm. Those are my 11. Oh, and, and I'm sorry. Yeah. And Noam Dar. Okay. Those are my 11 who I think, without question, are going to be among the 16 winners. You agree with all those 11? Uh, you had a slight pause. Yeah, Tony Nese was the only one that I kind of looked at a little bit. But no, I mean, like, when you, when guys you, are going through. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I and mean, when you look at the, the rest of the crop here, like, yeah, he's going to win. I mean, he has to. There's so many guys here that are obviously going to fall in the first round right so, away. So, yeah. We got to come up with five more. Okay. Are we putting through one or both of the Chinese fellas? Uh, I'm going to put Ho Ho Lun in. Okay, so. I think he's in for sure. I don't know about Jason Lee. I feel like Jason Lee's just kind of there for the ride, but. I got to tell you. I think I sold myself on one of the Chinese guys going through based on the business WWE just did in China over the last couple of days. They just signed a new Chinese guy for the Performance Center as well. They're trying, they, they, uh, they, they're trying to break in with the network in China. It would be advantageous for them to give one of these guys a little push in this thing. 
I think one of these guys can maybe win two matches. Would that be outrageous to get him into the final eight? No, I think Ho-Ho Lun could do that. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go with uh, with Ho-Ho Lun. I'll go with That's who I'm going with. I think over Jason, Jason Lee. I think Ho-Ho Lun makes a little bit. So that's number 12, and we got to find four more. Uh, who would be the top content now? Okay, so if we're putting through five of the Evolve guys, I guess we got to consider Lince Dorado, correct? He's sort of an Evolve guy. He worked the last Evolve show. Uh, he's not a full-time Evolve guy, but he's someone I think that we at least got to consider. Rich Swan is a contract guy. I think we have to consider Rich Swan as someone who could win a match, especially. Since yeah, for- I I could see him being an upset potential. As well, I, I could see them sort of using him to get another like sort of unknown guy uh, passed. I, I, I really could. I really, really could. So are we underselling Rich Swan? Should he be a lock to move on? Maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like he's still just so uh, maybe he's a little too fresh or something. I don't know. I, I kind of think of him as a guy who takes, you know, maybe a first round fall because uh, I don't think oh, it matters. So you're a thinking lot he's Swan. losing. I do. Yeah, I don't know. OK, so we've got Swan. But we'll have to go back to him. If, if, I, if I can't make it up enough other guys, then maybe. Yeah. I think this international group where the only guy we have moving on is Dar. I think a couple of these guys, like your Damian Slaters. I think Slaters. I think Slaters definitely going to go through. Right, so let, let's let's put this down. We got Dorada, we've got Swan, we've got Slater, okay, and then we've got Damac, Jack Gallagher. Z- Do they put through one of the Hispanic guys? Whether it's Zumbi, Mendoza, Saez. Uh, do you think that there's a possibility one of them? Because who else do we have? Well, I guess we got Graham Metallic. We know they have their quotas in this company, right? Yeah. So they might feel one's enough, but you do have 16 choices here. Uh, so maybe one of those three. And Zuby is a pretty big dude too. I could see him maybe being one. He's 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 a pretty built, good looking dude. So that I could see them. Doesn't he wear a that. mask? Are they going to put? He wears a mask. Yeah, but he's in he's in really. I mean, he's got six pack. Right. He's got the look that they good, like. So. Yeah, so I could see them him showing up and them going, oh, yeah, 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 okay. How about Tajiri or Kendrick? I see both of them losing in the first round. <sighs> I don't. I see Tajiri at least winning you one. You do? I do. Okay, so let's mark him down. I'll put Kendrick down as well, and we'll put Zumbi, but he'll kind of represent the threesome of Zumbi, Mendoza, and Saez, but I'll write down Zumbi, okay, if we're going to uh, look at a – I think, guys, we can immediately eliminate – I think everyone from the who the fuck are they group – that we haven't really, uh, other than Lund, I think I don't think any of those guys are winning. And I think either Ackner or Patot had a WWE tryout at some point. I can't remember. So one of them could sneak through. But here's the short list we have. We need four more names to go through. We're putting Lund through. I already gave him the star. So okay. that's 12. So here's what we've worked it down to. And and you think Tajiri, I'll give you that one too, the more I think I, about I it. could see Tajiri winning one. All right. For nostalgia purposes. I, well, let's I, I not definitely. put him through yet. Okay. We need four more, and here's the names we have. Okay? okay. I can't even read my own writing. I don't even know what that first one says. All right. We've got Swan, Damian Slater, Tajiri, Brian Kendrick, Zumbi, who sort of represents all three of the uh, remaining Hispanic guys, if you're thinking they put through two. And then uh, Dorada. So there are f- six names there. We need four. Are we safely eliminating the rest? The Bollywood Boys, your Anthony Bennett, your Malutas, your Kenneth Johnsons, your Davaris. What about Tyson Ducks? Tyson Ducks is one that's sort of standing out to me. Okay, I'll write him down too. So Ducks. So then we'll eliminate the rest. We'll, we'll eliminate Patut and Ackner. We'll eliminate the Bollywood Boys. We'll eliminate Bennett, Maluta, and Kenneth Johnson. <laughs> and Davari. And Davari. We'll eliminate those guys. We're eliminating Damak. And we're eliminating Jack Gallagher. Okay? 
I think they've got their fill of, uh, you know, English guys with Zack Sabre Jr. and, and <laughs> yeah. Dar and people like that. So let's eliminate Gallagher. All right, so we got seven names here, and we need four of them. Ducks. Right. Uh, again, I can't read my own writing. Oh, Dorada. Rich Swan, Slater, Tajiri, Kendrick, Zumbi. Tajiri, you're putting through. I would put Tajiri through and probably Dorado. Um, Dorado, Lindsay. Dorado, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's an important distinction. Yes, exactly. I just thought of that. Oh, man. You can't make that mistake for the next few months. Swan, you think? You're, 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 actually, you're, you're not convinced on Swan. I'm not convinced on Swan. I, I love the guy. I, I think he's awesome, but I think he's a guy that they think can maybe take a loss here. And like, is him losing in the first round of some random guy? He he would make it funny. You know what I mean? Like he would he'd be able to sell that a little bit better. I don't think he loses anything by losing. You know who he's losing to, Rich? Tazawa. Oh yeah. You give Tazawa a nice, comfortable first round match. A guy he's worked with before. You know what I mean? Make Tazawa nice and comfy. Break in nice and easy. Can't you see that match happening? Oh, and just be such a fun match too. I mean, yeah, that, that's that's another thing too. I, like Swan is a, such a comedy guy that it's. I think regardless of if you have him win or lose, it really won't matter all that much in the long run. So that's why I sort of look at him as an easy one to have lose. I mean, if you're gonna have Tazawa make some noise in this thing, are you really putting him in there with Fabian Ackner in the first round? I mean, you want him to be comfortable, right? You know what I mean. So you get him in there with a guy like Rich Swan. Yeah. So going by that theory, I don't know. I'm leaving Swan on. We'll argue about him some more. We got five names and we need two. Along with Swan, we've got Ducks, Slater, Kendrick, and Zumbi. We can throw Ducks off. You want to throw Ducks off? Let's eliminate Ducks. I don't yeah, think he's on. moving on. No. Um, I, I, I tell you what. I think this Damian Slater is winning a match. Let's move. Let's put him through. I put, uh, yeah, that's fine. You get the Australian. This guy that they have through. a background there. Some tryouts, Australia. Yeah, I think there's a lot there. So it really comes down now. We got one more name. We got Swan, Brian Kendrick, or Zumbi. And of course, Zumbi could also be Jinzo or extra large. He's representing the whole second Hispanic group. Uh, who are we bouncing here? I, I, you know, I know you want to bounce. So I, I, I don't know, man. I feel like they've got three contracted guys, and I feel like they're going to put their own people. They're going to put their own people over, right? Yeah, I mean, they you know? might. I, Swan's an interesting one. I, I just don't think Swan it matters all that much to Swan. If he loses to you know Ho and Lin or whatever, you know what I mean? Like he, he'll make it funny. He'll make it you, you know interesting. I, I just you I don't think know. he can I get over anyway is what you're saying. That's what I mean. I think they understand that too, and I'm sure he expresses that too. Of hey, look, you know what? Like I'm sure he wants to win, of course, but I'm pretty sure he's I, knowing the guy. Like I've seen him in the Indies lives. He, he's a guy that regardless, I, I don't. When you watch him and his match is over, a lot of times, whether he won or lost is the last thing on your mind when it's over. You know what I mean? What? He comes out, he dances, he does his thing, he does his fun little moves, and then whatever happens afterwards happens. I don't know. I just don't. But you're right. He's contracted. I'll so. tell you what. I'm going with Swan. Who are you okay, going? If you're not going with Swan, it means you got to pick Brian Kendrick or Zumbi. Zumbi. Okay, so you're going with a second Hispanic. Mm-hmm. See, I, you know, I think that's a possibility, too. So, all right, so that's our 16. Let me make sure my count is right. So uh, I'll name them. You count them, okay? Okay. So we got Kota Ibushi, Grand Metallic, Akira Tozawa, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Cedric Alexander, Tony Nice, TJP, Drew Gulak, Ho-Ho Lun, Tajiri, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Noam Dar, Lince Dorado, uh, Damian Slater, and then I have Swan and you have Zumbi. That's 16, yep, correct? That's 16, yep. All right. So is, there we go. There's who we think is moving on. Now, in terms of winning this thing, I think there's only two people who can win it. 
And those people are Kota Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. Yep, exactly. I think that, I'm right with you on there. Yeah. I think Kota Ibushi is a, the overwhelming favorite to win. But I picked Zack Sabre Jr. to win this thing before a single name was announced. So I'm not. I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to stay with him because I really think that he moved here to sign with – he didn't move here to fuck around with Evolve and PWG. He moved to America to sign with WWE. He's got friends there. They, you know, he's, he's put out feelers for the last year or so. Uh, I believe he lives in Orlando, if I'm not mistaken, already. Um, so I, I feel like he's winning this and they're signing him. I know he's got to drop that. He didn't lose the PWG title yet, right? Ooh, I'm a little behind on my PWG. Oh, Joe. are you? That's that's shocking <laughs> because you know, uh, you know, and, unless you're unless you're uh, the Hawk, uh, Jeff Hawkins, you 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 are indeed behind on. Yeah, uh, he is still currently the champion. Yes. All right, so that's not that big a deal. I mean, you know, he can lose that title at any time and go back and drop that belt. I really, I'm I'm gonna stick with that prediction. You know, I I know he's not the, the I know Abushi's the favorite. I get it, but he's who I picked to begin with. He's who I'm sticking with. I think he's gonna win this thing. I think he's gonna sign with the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, I mean, unfortunately for the <laughs> not for the benefit of radio, but uh, I'm going Saber as well God because damn it, Rich. I'm sorry. I just don't think the thing with Abushi. And we mention all the time on this show. We don't think it's right. We think it's stupid. But this company has a thing about, you know, like we say the quota for, you know, Mexican wrestlers. The quota for, I just don't see them. I I, I see them signing. I mean, they're going to obviously do something with Ibushi in the future. Something's going to happen. But right now, while they're also pushing Nakamura, that's just not something that this company does. It's not right. I agree. It's stupid. I would just push Ibushi. But that's one of the big reasons why I look at Sabre. I look at Sabre. They go, hey, that's a guy. We don't have somebody like him. He's unique. He's different. Uh, he's from a region that right now we don't have a ton of representation in. He's a great worker. He lives in the area. We know we have him. He's you know he moved here with the intention, like you're saying, because I think that's everybody kind of knows that that's the thing. He didn't, yeah, like I said, he didn't move here to work. You know the the Yeber City, Florida, or whatever. Like he moved here to sign with that company to sign with WWE. So he looks at a guy that he just checks all the boxes for me. Abushi is right there, and I I don't if it's not Saber, it's going to be Abushi. It's one of those two. But I just think when they look at that and they go, okay. We have Abushi, who's a Japanese guy. We're not quite sure what he's doing next. We're not quite sure if he's signing. You know, what I mean, he's still there's still some weirdness of what he's doing, what his next step is. Saber, you know, you say, hey, we give you guys, we give you this honor, we give you this championship, whatever the hell they're going to give or whatever, whatever it ends up becoming, whether it's a cruiserweight title, a trophy, a, a future, whatever. That's a guy I think you can re- rely on and trust that the next step is all planned out. That when you go, okay, here's your contract, sir, and he's going to go, okay, thank you, and then you're done. You know what I mean? Abushi, I don't know if you get that right away. With him, I, he's just weird right now. I, I I wouldn't sign that guy to a contract because I don't know what the hell he wants to do with his life or career. Hot take: You would not sign Kota Ibushi. I can understand where you're coming from though, because he's a very eccentric guy. His body is just beaten to shit, and you're right. It's kind of like what's his deal? But the reason that he may not have a focused direction in Japan right now is maybe. Yeah, maybe he might have had this deal in his back pocket for a yeah, long time. Yeah, it might not be fair to sort of use whatever's going on in Japan with, with yeah, if he's waiting for that call and went, okay, good, thank God, now I'm done, all right, I'm going to go sign with Doug. Like, yeah, I don't know if that was his intention or whatever. I'm just uneasy about him because it just seems like there's been a lot of weirdness with him throughout the past year. So I get kind of weird about, okay, do you really want to do this? Like, is wrestling really what you want to do? You want to just, but I don't know. I'm using what I know of him in Japan and what his interactions with other people in Japan, other companies and that sort of stuff, which might not be fair because, like you're saying, he might have just been sitting there waiting by the phone. Oh, Okay, cool. WWE called. Now I'm all set. I don't know if that's what it There's was. There's no but... reports that he has a contract of any type. 
with this company yet. The plan all along could have been they could have told him, I don't know, six months ago, hey, look, come in. We're doing this cruiserweight deal. You're winning it. We're pushing you. And if you look good, we're going to sign you off it. Um, you know, so that, that could have been the plan all along and that might be what they do. And, and I think that's why he's the odds on favorite. He's the guy they're pushing the most on their website. I think there's no question about that. Uh, Sabre's got a lot on their Sabre website. Sabre too. too. That's why I say Sabre's got a ton on their they're website, the only, even before this thing was even going yes, on. Like there was, which is why I say they're the only two that can win. Yeah. I don't think anybody else can win. I, you can maybe make a case for Gargano. I don't think he needs to win it though. I think that he's that'd be a waste. That'd be yeah, a waste. Yeah, I mean, I, so I mean, you really can't even make a case for anybody else. I think those are the only two guys who could win, and uh, it's going to be one or the other. Those are like you, like we just said, those are the two guys they're pushing on the website. Abushi, uh, of course, it, 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 you know, showing him at uh, you know in Dallas on the NXT special, putting him on camera, having uh, Corey Graves say what he said on the broadcast. Um, all of those things are very important. They don't just, you know, they did the, they don't, they don't do that just for anyone. It means something when they do that. They did it with Asuka. They did it with Bobby Roode, right? Then they do it with Bobby Roode at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. It always means something. Okay, um, you know, so it's those are the only two guys who could win. I'm going with Zack Saber. I'm sticking with him. Looks like you're going with him too. Overall feelings on the 32 man field. What do you think of this 32 man group? I love it because I think – and there are people I'm sure that are disappointed because people had these wild ideas of – like you said, it's going to be 32 awesome guys, guys I've heard of, international superstars, local superstars in D.C. I never thought it was going to be that, so I never got my expectations up for that. I was mostly, hey, I just want like 10 really awesome guys, and then I like unknowns. I like the the idea – like what this conversation we just had – is among my favorite that we've had in a couple because we're talking about guys we don't know that much. Like it's cool. Like we're talking about now. The second we stop this, you're gonna go watch this. I'm gonna go seek this guy out. We're gonna go on the forums. We're gonna watch a video. Like that's fun exploration. That is always one of my favorite parts of wrestling, and it's part that actually I think in a way makes it. So I, I, I don't. When I first started getting into wrestling, that was one of the f- best experiences of my life. Of like blank slate consuming everything everything that i saw was like the first time that guy was the first match i saw that guy oh my god i watched this then i go watch it you go down wormholes you watch this you watch that or whatever and then you know that you, you get used to WWE for a while you get used to the major companies which i did i watched every tape that my you know video store ever had and then i moved on you know to other stuff to independence and then that was a whole new brand world of oh my god what this independent company that independent company then i move on to you know japanese wrestling and oh my god there's all that so i always love this idea of just expanding your horizons and discovering new people and seeking out new things so i'm super glad that that's what this tournament at least partially is is that it's it's your guys that you know but it's also some unknown guys some guys you might not have heard of some guys you have to explore some guys you have to research that part interests me i really enjoy that so i'm glad it's not just a a, you know a super indie gigantic like yeah that would have been cool but maybe not for this company maybe it's better off if a pwg does you you know let bola let, let pwg do bola let other companies do their like indie superstar tournaments and that sort of stuff no and i like the idea that there's 16 guys or, or or so that we know of we've heard of we know are good workers steady hands or whatever but then that that's only half of it then the other half is these guys we have to explore these new guys that sort of stuff i like that idea i really do i'm right with you i think they did a good job here there's a lot of balance hey look look how i broke it down we've got all these little groups of guys You've got your international well-known stars. You've got your, you know, your big-time uh, uh, indie stars. You've got your uh, WWE contract guys. Then you've got your complete unknowns. You know, and I think that's that's a lot of fun. They didn't overdo it with the unknowns. They didn't overdo it with the well-known guys. I think there's good balance here. And like you mentioned, 
exploration. I, I'm going to have a lot of fun seeing a lot of these guys for the first time. I'm going to have a lot of fun seeing a lot of these guys in the WWE environment for the first time. And I think there's going to be some names here who we may have undersold because we don't know anything about them who are going to impress us a lot when we finally see them participate in this thing. I think they did a really nice job here. The other thing people needed to remember from the start was there was no way this was going to be a 32-man super tournament of the best cruiserweights in the world. You got to remember, okay? Dragon Gate was very accomplished. That Akira Tozawa's endgame has always been WWE. And I think that they get that, and I think that they're okay with that. And I think that they weren't going to deny him this opportunity. And, and honestly, they could have, but they were very accommodating to him. With that said, not every company in the world was going to be accommodating to their stars to just head off to WWE and, and go get their dream job. These, these companies have tours to worry about. These companies have their own interests to worry about. And they weren't just going to let their you know, uh, junior champions skip off to Orlando uh, you know, at, at, you know, and, and bow to the whims of WWE. Right, to go make money for their network, <laughs> to go make money for the other company. Yeah, yeah so I mean people who thought that, I mean they, I don't think they thought too hard about that. You know, what, what is in it for just name whatever random company, whether it's AAA or CMLL or, or NOAA or Russell One. Whoever you want to name, I mean, you know, it, it, you, you know, they've got their own tours to worry about that are taking place. They have fuck WWE. No, I'm not letting you do this. You know what I mean? I'm sure that there were people who were approached or people that WWE was interested in that they didn't get for those reasons. Because these are guys who have contracts with other companies, who have obligations with these other companies. And I think WWE was very lucky to get Tazawa. And they're mm-hmm. very lucky that Dragon Gate it has been very accommodating to him. But we've talked about that before. I think the reason they don't go all the way with Tazawa is because they know that this is his endgame. He has so many friends in that company already. Uh, you know, if you follow him on any of his social media, whether it's his Twitter or his Instagram, uh, you know, whether it's Sasha Banks or Rich Swan or, 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 or of course, um, um, uh, Yuha Nation, uh, whatever name he goes by now. Apollo, Apollo Cruz. I mean, that's like his, <laughs> like his literal best friend. I mean, it, this is his end game, and one day he's going to be there. Yeah. And it, it may be at the end of this year if things work out with this tryout. He's had one tryout before. Obviously, they liked what they saw to invite him back. That's the other thing with these WWE tryouts. A lot of times people say, oh, well, so-and-so had a tryout, but they didn't sign him. They must not have liked him. That's not necessarily the case. Maybe the timing wasn't right. Maybe they still had obligations or contracts with other companies, like in the case of Tazawa. Maybe it, you know, it, it's just they, they, they store these names away. There's at least a half a dozen names here of guys who have had tryouts in the past who didn't get signed, but they're coming back for this, which is essentially another tryout. These are guys mm. who they liked who just for whatever reason, either there weren't spots or there were just people who were slightly better or they had other obligations or the timing wasn't right or they couldn't come to a deal. There could be a million different reasons, but as you can see, they're inviting people back and having them participate in something like this. But anyway, I enjoy the field. I think it's a good field. I think it's balanced. And the only drawback for me, and I don't know how you feel about this, you know I don't like spoiled wrestling. They're taping all these things in advance. That, yeah. mo- that really, to me, that sucks a lot of the juice out of it. And I know that's going to bother people when I say that, but it, it, it all depends where you stand on spoiled wrestling. I'm not going to be able to avoid these uh, a lot of these results. And I no, and that's and it's the nature of the beast that, and, and that's why we can plan about it too. And people sort of will, will make fun. But we're on Twitter all day doing what we do at this website. You know, we're tweeting stuff out, we're tweeting thoughts, we're, we're talking about you know articles, we're, we're posting stuff, we're doing like that's what we do. We do that for throughout the day, but. 
these results are going to come out and people are going to be talking about them. And that's we just cannot. That, you know, we just can't do that. We can't just stay off social media for an entire well, month. Look at it this way, Rich. Think how hard it is for the listeners to avoid results. It's double hard for us because of the reasons you just said. We've got a right. website to run. We- so I just can't not go on social media for a month while people are going, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, Tyson Ducks won this first round match. Like, I'm going to I'm going to hear that. I'm going to see that. I'm going to read that. And it's like, oh, all right. Like we had somebody the other day say, oh, are you guys doing a pick them? And I was like, no, because you're going to know all the results like right away. Like, that's not fun. You, you know what I mean? Like the fun of a pick em, of a G1 pick em, of a best of the super juniors is as it's going on, the ebbs and the flows of, oh, my God, you know, I'm leading this day. I hope I OK. Oh, wait, now I'm down because like this guy, that's the fun part. It's not going to be the, the, it, it's just we're, we're, we're going to know the results, but we're not going to be able to watch it. That's not fun. That, that loses all. Like, I can tell you, yeah, you're in first place. You haven't seen any of the matches. You, you haven't seen. You don't know why you're in first place. You know what I mean? Like, that's just there's just a lot of weirdness to that. And we just can't avoid it. Like, there's just nothing that we you and I or, or or anybody that runs a website or anybody that's on Twitter a lot can avoid spoilers. And I'm not bitching about them. Like, that's just a part of it. And ideally, yeah, I would just get off it. Like, we tell people, hey, log off if you don't care. But I can't log off for, you know, a month until these things air or whatever. I can't log off for a bunch of weeks. I have to be on there because that's what we do at this website. So, yeah, from that aspect, it does hurt me a lot. And, I like, we're really excited about it now. But it's going to be a few weeks in there, and I'm going to know who's already in the semifinals, and that's going to hurt me a lot. You know, it's, 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 it's bullshit, and I'm kind of annoyed. They have their own network. This is a little vanity boutique thing that they're doing. Air these matches live. There's really no excuse not to air these matches. What's the excuse? Why can't you air these matches live on your network? Why can't you do that? I don't understand. Well, uh, we're going to talk about a topic a little bit later. I mean, they understand the benefit of live on their network. So it seems like it would stand a reason that you would put this on there because it's a ton of live content that you can put on your network for very little amounts of different production. Like you already have all the production there. Like, yeah, it, it, it's very bizarre. I don't quite. There's get no it. defense. You can't defend the decision. You, there's no reason that this entire tournament cannot air live. There's no you can't you just not trust all these guys like are they worried that they're going to have to edit stuff or I, I don't know. Is that it? You can't like, defend I don't know. You know, people are going to come back with the taping schedule and how they want to air it. Look, they, it's their network. They, it's like there's no rules. There's, no, it, <laughs> there's zero it's like rules. You say right. all the time, like when people say, you know, how you hate the booked into a corner thing. You know, it's the same theory here. Like it's your network. You could do whatever you want. You're not married to anything. Air these matches live. All 16 of these first round matches should be live. All eight of the next round matches, so just Aaron Wife. It's it, I find it utterly ridiculous uh, the, the the entire taping schedule is and and I'm sorry it does suck a lot of the juice out for me. It's it's a it, every time I get excited about this when I look at the people involved and and look at the concept. I then remember that it's all taped and I'm going to know all the results. And it well, because one of the things is like we don't like old wrestling either. Like like even watching that that's something we've talked about many times on the show. There's a situation where we're going to watch, uh, uh, you, you know, I watch PWG. I watch it months later or whatever. So I I don't necessarily know the results off the top of my head. Like, I know that the match happened a while, and that kind of sucks some of the life out of me that if it happened three months ago. But a lot of times I go into a PWG show and I go, you know, I don't remember the results, whatever. I'll watch it. So I have some amount of pleasure in that. This, you're going to know it's old, and you're going to know the result probably. Yes. That's a double whammy for me. That's just like, ah, you know, like, like I'm going to go uh, after we're done here uh, tomorrow. I'm going to watch those Evolve shows. I'm going to watch Fortune Dream as well. These are things I'm sort of catching up on. These are shows that, yes, have happened in the past, so it's going to already sort of derail it a little bit for me, but I don't, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to seek out the results. These are going to be so in your face, the results of this thing, because people are going to be talking about them. It's going to be big news that you're going to know. Like, you're not going to be able to click onto a website. You're not, it's just going to be a mess of people, A, bitching about spoilers, which will be fun too, because, I mean, 
<laughs> you know, people are going to do that too. They're going to be mad that people are talking about it. They're going to be yeah, mad that you know they what? put them in the observer. Like, it's just going to be a fucking shit show the entire time. It's going to be so Rich, annoying. Somebody else brought that up. I think it might have been um, Cubs fan, if I'm not mistaken. If it wasn't Cubs fan, I don't. I, I think it was Cubs fan. Do you think this tournament's going to have that Lucha Underground thing where people are going to be very annoying yes. about the spoilers? Yes. And that they're going to give Meltzer a hard time or. Um, you know, you think it's going to be one of those sorts of things? I do. do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I just see it as news. I'm not changing my stance on that ever. Um, and, and look, it, 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 it's, it's, and again, I'm, and I'm someone who's annoyed that it's going to be spoiled for me, but I understand that that's just the nature of the beast and there's nothing you can do about it. The point is this, it's inarguable that this tournament would be way more fun if the matches simply aired live. I mean, you can't. No matter how you feel about watching taped matches, some people don't mind. No matter how you feel about spoilers, uh, you know, and some people don't even mind that watching spoiled wrestling. No matter how you feel about those about, about those two topics, there's no question this would be a lot more fun if it were live, and that's really what it comes down to. So it's really a shame that it's not. It really bothers me. I think the final is live, right? The one, the final match. Right. Yeah. So you know, and I think some of it airs maybe on a 24 hour or 48 hour delay. I haven't really studied the uh, the taping schedule or the air, but I think uh, I think the first round matches are airing just a, a day or two after their tape, so those might be possible to avoid. But the whole thing it does suck some juice out of it for me at least. But uh, overall, I, I'm still looking forward to it. I think they did a good job with the field. Uh, any closing thoughts on that before we move? I don't. No, I, uh, I'm excited about it. But yeah, I, I'm excited now. But at the time, I, I, I think I might become less excited about it once it gets going but we'll see I, I hope not i hope i can avoid stuff or at least i, I don't know i don't know what i'm gonna do but i, I still like to feel a lot and i, I i'm interested I'm, I'm very interested in the tournament so I'm, I'm still looking forward to it it's the uh it's the year of these junior tournaments and this will be the second one and then we got super j cup is this it is this gonna wrap up before junior super j cup i mean by the time <sighs> the j cup starts i believe and i don't have the date in front of me i thought it was july 20 or july it's somewhere in like mid to late july well, this doesn't wrap off, up so. until like september right yeah i don't remember <laughs> this, i'm telling you this thing doesn't air the, the, the final isn't until like september it's crazy i mean i you know i i don't know um it just bothers me that it's so spread out and and taped and all that that, that, that really does bother me um super j cup though i mean they got qualifying going on basically all over japan right now for this super j cup so that's interesting too a lot of these companies uh, like Noah, for instance, gets three entrants into the Super J Cup, and they're doing – I don't know if you saw this, Rich – three separate uh, four-man tournaments to determine their – No, I hadn't. No. Yeah. That's so cool. and that already started. So um, I'll run through it real quick for you. Uh, two guys have already advanced. It's uh, Taiji Ishimori and Yoshinari Ogawa won their first-round matches. Uh, they will face each other on July 5th, and the winner gets a J-Cup spot. You would figure Taiji Ishimori is going to be. That's, yeah, yeah, I would assume. But. He beat a uh, he beat a young boy, and uh, Ogawa beat uh, Hitoshi Kumano, who's starting to get a push, but he's not ready to beat a guy like Ogawa. So Ogawa got by Kumano. Uh, Ishimori got by his first-round opponent. The, the three matches to determine their entrance are all on 7-5 in Corican Hall. So that should be a lot of fun. And the first match is Ishimori versus... Uh, Versus uh, Ogawa. So, and then the the two other tournaments are on July third, two days before they wrap up on the fifth. 
And let's see, the match is there. The second tournament has really the most interesting match of all the first round matches, which is Kano versus uh, Harada. That's a first round match. Kano or, oh, wow. Kano or Harada, one of those guys is getting bounced. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not Harada, it's Kotoge. But still, same, oh, thing, okay. same thing, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, so those are two guys who that's a hard match to call. I have no idea who's going to win that match between Katoge and, uh, and Kano. The winner of that faces the winner of the uh, tag team. This tag team is exploding, Rich. It's Genba versus Captain Noah in the other match. <laughs> that's kind of tricky to call, too, because either one of those guys could win. <laughs> so, uh, but obviously the winner of the Kano, uh, the, the winner of the, the Kano. Uh, you don't think Captain Noah is going to the, the, ta- uh, the J-Cup? Uh, no. It's Kano okay. or, uh, or, or Katoge uh, moving on and going to the J-Cup. And the third little mini tournament has uh, – uh, let's see. I just had it up and I lost the page. Oh, here we go. It's uh, O'Hara versus Dirty Andy Dalton. So O'Hara is going to move on there, and uh, he will face the winner of the uh, – that's uh, Daisuke Harada, and he's taking on young boy Tomayori. So it's going to be Daisuke Harada versus O'Hara. And then the winner of that will move on. So, and then again, I have no idea who would win that one. Yeah, a lot of open, a lot of open spots there. Yeah, I, I don't know uh, if they're going to put in, you know, two full. Like, I think one guy from each of those tag teams will advance. You know what I mean? The question is, which guy from which team? I think it's kind of wide open there, and I think Taiji Ishimori is going to beat Ogawa. So those will be the three spots. Oh yeah, he's a. I, I'd say he's almost a lock. Yeah, um, he, he'll, and the other ones are kind of a coin flip. The rest of the guys, like it, you know, it'll be depend. Like okay, so. If uh, let's say Katoge gets through in his tournament, well, then I would think that that means O'Hara is going to beat Harada. You know what I mean? Because they're not going to put both tag. Yeah, they're gonna, right. it's going to be one guy from each of those tag teams. Right, exactly. So, yeah, so it, it is literally a coin flip. Like, yeah, it's going to be one of the two. Yeah, uh, one of the two teams. Yeah, it'll be uh, one guy from we'll, each we'll, team. Yeah, exactly. One from each. Yeah. It's good to see dirty Andy Dalton, the guy who I've been talking about, a Texas guy. Who's on the current Noah tour? He's then doing the next Noah tour. He's also going to be on the Suzuki Gun. We are Suzuki Gun Three show, and I've been following the results of the tour. And he's not even taking pinfalls for in a lot of his matches on, where his side is losing. So, uh, you know, he's a prelim guy for now. But they seem to believe in Andy Dalton a little bit, which I know n- almost nobody listening has seen this guy. Maybe just Aaron Quinn. If she's out there listening, because I know she's down here, uh, she's probably seen him once or twice. But he's a guy who you know I've been talking about, and it's really good to see him in Noah. And I'm excited for people to get a look at him when his stuff starts to hit tape. I think the the Noah Corkin show that just happened this past week is hitting TV this Sunday, so it should be uploaded shortly from there. Uh, that was the show where uh, Goshiozaki beat Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. Marafuji and Yano. The Masawa, the Masawa Memorial Show. Yes, exactly. They drew 1,500, well, 1,455 was the announced number. Pretty good for Noah's days in Cork and Hall. Outdrew the Fortune Dream Show. Slightly outdrew the All Japan Show. So, yes, the Masawa Memorial thing had something to do with it. Uh, but not bad. Not bad for Noah. Um, drawn fourteen fifty five there. The uh, the all Japan show. I guess we're bouncing around Japan. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I should play the music in the background. Yeah, you should. Uh, I was going to have you do the Noah uh, Junior Tag League because we didn't do that yet while we were talking about. Oh, we juniors, might as well. You know what? You're all over yeah, the place. You're you're everywhere. We're, we're doing Noah, so we might as well do the Noah Junior Tag League, right? So they announced the six teams uh, actually a few hours ago, 
And I just posted the video on our Twitter. So check. Well, people listening to this, it won't be real, but check our Twitter feed if you want. <laughs> did a, they did a nice little video there, I thought, to introduce the six teams. So uh, let's see. I had him in front of me, and I specifically told you not to write. They're at the bottom of the dock because I, I, I didn't trust you. So I put them at the bottom you of know, our little uh, plant. Rich, so. you're a clever man. Because, gotcha. uh, you know, I did have them in front. Okay, so I think the big story here is ACH making his no huge yeah big story and he's and he's teaming yeah. with taiji ishimori so he's that's a great team that's a really fun it's team. a really great field in my opinion uh you know and this and this and this is a really great team and uh you know they're so ach is gonna win some matches we just talked about dirty andy dalton he's teaming with hitoshi kamano uh we've got of course katoge and harada of course the champions and of course ohara and kano those two teams have been feuding with each other for the last year i guess now and, uh, you know, they're going to be contenders to win this thing. Then we've got El Desperado and Kanemoru. That's the Suzuki gun entrant. So no Taichi, no Taka. They went with El Desperado and Kanemoru. Those are the two guys I would have went with, too. I've had enough. Look, I like Taka and Taichi well enough. But nah, they're pretty terrible. <laughs> I, I would have I went with these two guys. Yeah, I, I, even though I'm not a, a big into Kanemoru right now, uh, Desperado's been solid. So I'm okay with yeah. that. And, and Kanemoru, if he wants to, can... can he can do much more than Taichi or Taka at this point. They're just they're done. Taichi, well, I, Taka. No, see, I think Taka can still go, and I like. Yeah, does he want to? Though and I feel I, like he doesn't. Well, that's care the to, problem like. with Kanemoro. Kanemoro doesn't give a shit. And, yeah, but I think he might here. I I don't know. I I, I just haven't seen much of Taka that I could because you know that that's been my criticism of Kanemoro as well is that he's been sort of going through the motions. Maybe here he'll won't. I the Taka Taichi thing. I've just seen it too much, and I I don't. That's know. my feeling. But, I've seen enough of that team and their antics. I'm happy with these two selections. The thing with Kanemoro is he has not had a good run in Noah. Uh, he doesn't care. He he. It looks like he doesn't care. And actually, we've had people who know what they're talking about tell us that he doesn't. He flat out doesn't care. He's flat out said he came here for the paychecks because he wasn't getting paid in all Japan. He's only here for the checks. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't want to be here. He wants to be in all Japan, but he also wants to eat. So that. That's the problem with Kanemoro, and he just doesn't care. He's 40 years old, and he hasn't been putting in effort. The thing with Kanemoro is, is I'll always like the guy because he did tremendous work in Noah when Noah was my favorite promotion in the early part of the decade. And uh, so I, I always have this hope that we're going to get that guy. You know what I mean? But we just haven't yet. And then the last team, the sixth team, is Captain Noah and Genba. And, you know, they'll probably go 0-5 or 1-4. I could see them beating Dalton and Kamara. They're going to be Dalton. Yeah, they'll be Dalton. So, you know, that really, honestly, though, I mean, that's kind of a coin flip because, you know, Jado and Gemba have no ego. You know what I mean? Their office. Oh, uh, uh, you you know what? Did we do it again, Rich? Are we going to get angry emails? I I actually didn't hear you. You broke up. What were you saying? uh, Who were the tag teams? I I thought I thought I heard you say something. I said uh, what I said, Rich, was Gemba has no ego, even though he's Uh in office. And the mysterious Captain Noah has not had a very good one loss record in Noah. So, oh, that's what I thought you said. Okay, sorry, you, you broke up a little bit there on Skype. You know, it's, uh, I do think it's possible that Dalton and Kumano <laughs> could win that match, but if I were a betting man, I would bet on the uh, on, on the veteran fellas. But yeah, those two teams will bring up the rear. Uh, you would think that ACH and Ishimori will have a good showing. Desperado and, Kum- and Kanemaru will have about a 500 record, and it'll probably come down to the two teams it should come down to with ACH and Ishimori in the mix as well. Look, we've been saying it all along. Even if you're not into the Noah right now because the heavyweight stuff drives you nuts, Rich, what has been the highlight of this company over? Oh, it's been the juniors. The juniors have been awesome. The junior tags, especially. And now you add ACH to that mix. Like that's awesome. Like think about that. That's crazy. I, I like this field a lot. I think aside from the Captain Noah. Genba team, 
I like all of the, those other five teams all have some juice. So I'm into this. I'm into this tournament. I'm going to enjoy it. So that I think is at the end of July. I think that's July 19. I think it kicks off something, something like that. So we got some time with that. But uh, but yeah, the All Japan Show, of course, this week. Can, uh, none of this is. I haven't seen any of this yet. I don't know if any. I don't even think the All Japan Show aired yet. But that was uh, that was um, Kengo Mishimo's challenge. Remember, he wrestled. Uh, he wrestled. Um, I cannot think of anyone's name on this show today, Rich. Kento Miyahara, the champion, of course, a Triple Crown champion. They had the draw during the Carnival Tournament to set up um, to set up Mishimo's title challenge. Mm-hmm. So Miyahara defeated him, and Junakiyama made the challenge. So that should be something else. Junakiyama versus Miyahara for the title. And, and also on that show, we've got him back. Strong BJ, Rich. Yes, Second Sekamoto and Okabayashi are back together. They defeated Zeus in the bodyguard, and uh, they they are the new tag team champions in All Japan. Good to see those guys back together. Sounds like a hell of a show that All Japan had. Can't wait to see it. One- having great shows. Great, great, great shows throughout. I, I've been enjoying a lot of All Japan stuff. We've been talking about that a little bit. Uh, I'd like to maybe, you know, the problem is catching up with All Japan a little bit. Sometimes you can get a bit behind, but everything that I've been watching for them has been awesome. Because Gaora like- fucking sucks. And yeah. They air everything out of order. <laughs> Which is a- oh, this King of Gate. This King of Gate's been an absolute mess too. Have you have you known that that's order that we've gotten like reviews and I'm like, case hey, so this is like before the one that you sent me. Like this is like after the one you sent me before. And he's like, I know. I'm just reviewing them as they like those have been out of order. Like yeah, and they always air stuff out of order. It's like, what are you doing? Like, just you don't do that. Like, why do you do that? Like, what, what would possess you to do that? I don't know why they do what they do, but the uh, just, the meal it makes it very hard to keep. It, up, it, keep it, up. It's it's awful. It's all out of order, and then you're not motivated when it's out of order. You're like, I don't want to watch this. I already saw what happened afterwards. You know what I mean? But uh, the Miyahara Mishimo match during Carnival, the draw was a, was a good match. So I'm sure they had an excellent match here in Cork and Hall. Uh, what? Uh, quick question before we move on. How do you feel? There's been some criticisms that All Japan is running through Miyahara's challengers awfully quick. They're going right to Akiyama now as the next challenger. I have an opinion on that. I want to hear your opinion on it first. What do you, th- do you think they're running through his challengers too quickly here? Or do you think that this is uh, the right move right now? Now, see, I can see that argument, but I think one of the m- central issues that we're talking about all Japan, we're talking about a company that needs to get hot, that needs people in seats, that needs people buying tickets, that needs people consuming their, pr- you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, in an ideal world, you would wait, you would wait, you would wait, you would wait. Can this, does this company have the luxury of just waiting around forever to have these things come? You know what I mean? Like, strike while the iron's hot. We talk about that all the time with, with New Japan and other guys. Yes, ideally, you would build up to that Akiyama Miyahara or whatever, but you're trying to build up Miyahara as this special guy. You're trying to build him up as your next star. You just can't have him toiling away in nothing. You can't, you, people are into it right now. People are going to the shows. The attendance is rising, that sort of stuff. I say go with it. I say Keep striking while the iron's hot. Go, go, go as much as you can right now. And then once you get these people back, once you get consistent business back and, and, and moving, then you can sort of take your time and get a little bit. But you got to get asses and seats. you got to get people watching. So I'm okay with it. Couldn't agree more. I'm right with you. Uh, he beat Sekimoto. He beat Kengo Mishimo. And now they're going right to the Akiyama match. I get it. They are, those are three. They, they set up the Mishimo challenge during Carnival. Uh, they set up the Sekimoto challenge during Carnival. They're going right to Akiyama now. But I'm with you. They have to establish Miyahara number one since he had a relatively weak title win over Zeus, if you recall. That wasn't the right opponent to beat. They were kind of boxed into a corner with that, and they had to do it. I get it. Uh, and like you said, 
They're starting to catch a little bit of fire here. I think this is the right move doing all these big matches now. Worry about the next match later. Ride this wave. Keep building on what you're building on. Keep mm-hmm. putting the hot matches out there, like you said, and worry about that. Look, you still have Suwama that you can you could do the Suwama Miyahara match. You could set that up as a big time match somewhere down the line when Suwama comes back. And then in the meantime, you can keep creating challengers. Look, Zeus is still on the upswing too. You can always go back to that, right? So you've got the Zeus match, you've got the Suwama match, and then in the meantime. Keep building guys underneath and keep building challengers. Look, it's not ideal to burn through challengers this quickly, but I think because of the situation they're in, it's the right move. So I agree with you. Um, So, yeah, that was an unexpected bouncing around Japan. Rich, you know, K-Dojo is doing their Super J Cup qualifying tournament. <laughs> I, Are you ready to break that one down? That kicks I up. am absolutely ready. Yes, let's go. Aito Yoshida is the guy to watch here. He's the guy that uh, that K-Dojo sent to the Lionsgate uh, show last month or whatever it was. He takes on a Yumu Honda, a big favorite of yours, Rich. I know you're a big fan of a Yumu Honda. Uh, <laughs> but the winner of that, which figures to be Yoshida, will face the winner of Daigoro, Kashiwa, and Ricky Fuji. Ricky Fuji? Oh, Oh, we talk. Oh, yeah. Ricky Fuji's got to be here, right? I mean, I would think Ricky Fuji will win a first round match. I am certainly not a K Dojo expert. Uh, He's got to make it. And then uh, some other names involved in this tournament. He's an original. He's a 1994 guy. You got to put Ricky Fuji in, right? I wouldn't complain. I feel like like they're sending a younger guy, which would mean anyone under 60. But but I, listen, would I compl- ideally not slimy as well? But that's would I, I complain about Ricky Fuji? No, I, I would not complain if he won the tournament. But uh, he was in two. I forgot about it. He was in the two thousand one too. Oh, you gotta put Ricky Fuji in. I listen. I wouldn't complain about. It. Come on, you gotta come on, K Dojo. You gotta nice Kaiji. Kaiji Tomato is in this tournament and. Uh, <laughs> Shiori Ashi, another name you might recognize, Kayu Magami. So, yeah, the point is a lot of tournaments going on for the J-Cup. I like that these companies are, are doing these tournaments so that these guys have to earn their way in. It gives it a little bit of juice. So uh, so there you go. Suzuki Gun 3. As opposed to the Cruiserweight Classic where Triple H said this guy's in and they did a qualifying match and then that guy won. Yeah. Which is all- Total lack of communication. This guy has won. Welcome to the tournament. Oh, wait, he's got to win a qualifier. Oh, he won it. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. It'd be like announcing Ricky Fuji for it and then <laughs> K-Dojo doing that. Which they should. Which they should just do anyway because uh, Ricky Fuji should be in there regardless. Suzuki Gun 3 is in a couple days. Probably by the time some people listen to this, it is on New Japan World. It's a terrible card. Just a bunch of tag matches and whatnot. Oh, God. We don't even have anybody covering it, do we? I tell you what. You can, it's all yours, Joe. Take it. I'm looking forward to the opener, though. The Minoru Suzuki 48th birthday anniversary Royal Rumble. Is it really? Like, I honestly have not heard a thing. Is it? It's actually in three it's days. It's on the 18th. We're recording on okay. the 16th. Shit. Wow. So it's. The, I really did not know that, that was coming. And it's the up. day before oh, Dominion. Huh. All right. Well, there you go. So you've got your uh, Minoru Suzuki 48th birthday anniversary Royal Rumble, which to me is uh, <laughs> maybe the most interesting match on the card. The rest of it's just a bunch of tag matches. Terrible lineup. Curious what they'll draw on Cork and Hall. Noah did fourteen fifty five for the Masawa show with a couple of big title matches. Fortune Dream did what twelve hundred or thirteen hundred fans announced for their show. Yeah, I thought that was somewhere around there. All yeah. Japan did around twelve or thirteen hundred fans for the Kento no Miyahara Kengo Mishima show. What do you think Suzuki Gun Three does? I'm gonna look at his lineup here real quick because I'll be honest. I well, I, I'll run through it for you. you <laughs> okay, yeah, please do. Yeah, this Rumble. Is 
like that I'm running a, a it's wrestling. Not a, it's not a good show. You got the Royal Rumble opener with uh, a lot of the young boys, Muhammad Yone, Quiet Storm, Akatoshi Saito, people like that. Taiji Ishimori's in it. Ogawa's in it. Uh, Andy Dalton. And the other new guy, uh, Eclipse, who they found, I think he's Australian. And he's a guy who started on this tour as well. I know nothing about him. I've seen his pictures. I followed him on Twitter. But he's another new guy who started with their dojo. He's there with Dalton. Uh, oh, this is ugly. Oof. Now you see the card. It's awful. Oh, God. Uh, Kanemaru, and it's a four-way tag. Who would come to this? Who would ever buy a ticket for this show? Four-way tag, Kanemaru and Desperado, uh, Harada, Kotoge, Kano, O'Hara, and Genba and Captain Noah. Uh, Shelton Benjamin, Taichi, and Taka versus Togi Makabe, Tomo Akihanma. I guess he's back from his surgery. Okay. And Ryusuke Taguchi. Three-way elimination tag, Killer Elite Squad, Nakajima and Kitamiya, Goshi Ozaki and Tanaguchi. And then the main event is Minoru Suzuki, Takashi Sagera, and Takashi Azuka versus Marafuji, Yano, and Kazushi Sakuraba. Um, I'm not interested in any of that. God, I think I guess people will buy tickets to see Sakuraba, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm not convinced he's a draw. I don't know who that, but I don't know. Man, that's a show that, like, that's one that you say, like, if it was running five minutes from your door, I, I don't know if I would go. I feel like I would just stay home. That is really bad. I, I There's no juice. That, that buzzle meter is negative. I haven't heard a thing. I'll be honest. I, not a single thing. No. I don't know how they, you do about it. How'd you know about it? Well, I was, uh, well, someone who was on the show, I've been talking, you know who I've been talking to. No, I know. And and he he's excited about being, as well, he should be. Yeah, you know, he should, but Jesus, I haven't heard a single person talking about it. I, I honestly had no idea this was coming. Yeah, so, so that, that's coming up, and um, uh, let's see, and one more quick hit as we bounce. You'll be, uh, you'll be covering it live, of course, for the website. You know what? If I'm going to cover it, I'll cover it, because I don't think anyone else is going to cover it. And probably not live, though. You're not going to stay up. I got, do not stay up Friday night to watch this thing. I, Friday night, you know, I could. I really could, because I, I, like I don't have to work until late afternoon on Saturday. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> Knock yourself. I mean, feel free. I don't care. But how about this? As we as we wrap up this impromptu bouncing around Japan, which uh, we usually put at the end of the show because nobody wants to hear this shit. Uh, Wrestle One, July first. How about this Wrestle One Cruiserweight Championship match, Rich? Katero Suzuki defends against Andy Wu. Are you pumped up for that? Oh, you know, I love the Wu. Yeah, I love both those I guys. Know. Yeah, Wrestle One's got a great roster too. I, I, I really wish I could watch. I, like, they're one that I always skip for whatever reason because it just gets so busy. There's just not enough time in the day. I like, I like a lot of what Wrestle One's doing right now. I wish I could give them more time and talk. We, we have a little spurts where we'll watch them for a few weeks, but they're one that unfortunately I just skip over. But I, I love their roster right now. I think it's awesome. The booking has been so much better than it was a year yeah. ago. Uh, but uh, Katero Suzuki, Andy Wu. I know who's excited about Taz is excited about that. I can promise you that. <laughs> Taz loves the Andy Wu. I love the Andy Wu. Andy Wu is a good young flyer. This is the kind of guy where I don't think Wrestle One is involved in the Super J Cup. That's the guy I would have sent if Wrestle One was involved. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. You know, that's the perfect guy for that. You know what I mean? They probably would have sent. Oh, he's going to stand out. He's going to look unique. Like, he'll immediately draw attention. Yeah. Absolutely. He's a young guy, and, you know, you know they're going to beat Wrestle One in the first round. So you know, you don't want to send, like, your champion. He'd be the perfect guy. Wrestle One isn't involved, right? I don't think they're on that. They're, they are involved. Mm. No, they're not. So, uh, but that would have been the guy anyway. But, yeah, so that's. Yeah, that's your Wrestle One quick hitter. We did K Dojo. We did Wrestle One. We did All Japan. What's your Guts World update, Joe? I don't have one, but I do have a big Japan oh. update. Ryuchi Kawakami is coming back. He'll be back on July 24th. If you recall, he got hurt very early on, I believe, in the Strong Climb, or it was slightly before the Strong Climb. I don't know. He, he's been hurt for a while, though. Kawakami's coming back, and he'll have a singles match against one half of the new All Japan Tag Team Champions, Daisuke Sakamoto. 
So now we're done with bouncing around from Japan. All right. Rich, what do you want to do? Dominion? Uh, yeah, let's do Dominion. Let's stay in Japan. And then, uh, unfortunately, our WWE fans will have to wait till the end for us to <laughs> talk about TakeOver and, and Money in the Bank or whatever. a lot but, hey, to get anyway, to. A lot to get to. We really do, yeah. Let's get Dominion out of the way. So it's a good thing we did all this random Japanese stuff. Since we have- <laughs> right. It's a good thing we got the K-Dojo stuff out of the way. So now we can get to, uh, you know, Dominion, Money in the Bank, and TakeOver. So. Let's, break, let's break down <laughs> the Dominion Jesus. real quick. Let's do it. Let's do it, yeah. We got the preview up on the site. So if you want to check that out, I think you participated. I participated. I did. Uh, Jimmy Dillon participated, and, uh, one of our new writers, Taylor, Taylor and Taylor Mitchell was the uh, was the fourth name. I blew off the dark match because, look, Rich, I'm way too important to preview dark matches. Okay, let's be honest. I'm a heavy hitter. I'm a big-time star. You can't expect me to preview dark matches. <laughs> Truth of the matter is – I forgot. You it, yeah. forgot to put it on the sheet, and because yeah. I was prompt with my work and the first person to complete – You were. You were. Congratulations. Okay. Uh, I did not do the dark match, but uh, but yes. Yeah, so the dark match is Hiroshi Tenzan, Manabu Nakanishi, and Satoshi Kojima against David Finley, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. What you need to know here is this is the Jay White uh, farewell match. He's headed to Ring of Honor. He's headed to a match against Kamatachi right off the bat, which is tremendous that they put that together. Yeah. Bravo, uh, Ring of Honor, finally. <laughs> it's been a while since we said Bravo, Ring of Honor, but yeah, that that's... Perfect, perfect, perfect. We've got uh, three really old dads against three dojo boys here in the dark match. So, uh, look, they're probably going to go only about six minutes. Like I said, the big we obviously know who's winning the match. And the big thing here is Jay White is heading off on his excursion. Rich, does he come back a star? I think so. I, I wrote that in the preview, and I think that if you if you watch the preview or, or read the preview, that was all that we wrote. <laughs> you know, everybody just wrote about Jay White because I, I put that that's a superstar in the making, and that provided Ring of Honor doesn't go out of their way to not make him a star, I feel like that guy's a star because it's just he's got everything. And I, I, I talked about that in the preview. I said he's got you know he's got a great look. He's got you know he's he's in good shape. He's super charismatic in the ring. Like he he uh, exudes charisma just in the ring. That's before he's even done anything or said. It. I mean, he's just got. I think he's got everything that it would really. It, it would shock me if in a few years, it would take it, it would take people just not knowing what they have or, or an injury or something like that for him to not be at least some level of a star. Because I think he's got everything to do. It. I think New Japan's got big plans for the guy. I think when he comes back a year from now, whatever, he's going to get a big push. I really do. Uh, True opener, Bullet Club. We got a debut here. Bad Luck Fale, Yujiro, and Hangman Page <laughs> take on Captain New Japan, Togi Makabe, and Yoshitatsu. That's an ugly match, man. Captain New Ugh. Japan and Yoshitatsu are officially a tag team. They even have a tag team <laughs> name. They've got matching gear. They are the Bullet Club Hunters. They have a chant, too. I think it's like Hunters Victory. You know, they say something when they were about to win. I forgot what it was. But. Togi Makabe biding his time until Hanma comes back, which actually. Uh, apparently, if Hanma's working that uh, Suzuki Gun show the night before, unless he's been yanked from it, which I don't think he has been, he should be back after this show for the next tour. Uh, the most interesting thing about this is obviously the Hangman Page debut. To me, Adam Page is a guy who has to prove to me that he belongs, that he's a New Japan caliber wrestler. Because I haven't seen him, I've seen plenty of Adam Page in, in Ring of Honor. I have not seen him on the indies at all where people tell me he, t- he kills it. Fair enough. I can't give an opinion on that. In Ring of Honor, he hasn't struck me as a guy. I'm not convinced he's a New Japan caliber wrestler. He's going to have to prove that to me in the New Japan rings. He'll start off here, and obviously he's going to start off with a win. His side is going to win the match. And uh, I think it's good that Yoshitatsu and Captain New Japan are a team because that means Yoshitatsu is now firmly a prelim act 
which is where he belongs because he has not been good since he's come back from his surgery. Yeah, and it also means you get them out of the way at the same time. Yes. So that that's a benefit too. Uh, are you buying or selling Hangman Page as a new? Uh, we'll see. I'm also kind of. He's got to show you too. Uh, he just doesn't do much. He doesn't for me. do much he, for me either. He, I just I've I've watched. I've honestly and it's, again like you said I've watched. People have said, oh, you got to watch him here. You got to watch him here. Or whatever. I watch him in Ring of Honor. I've given him I, every single time. It's been years now. The guy's been there forever. And every time I watch him, I sit down and I go, okay. <laughs> I, and it never clicks. I just never get it. I just don't understand. The match is over. His promo's over. His just nothing. The characters never worked for me. The in ring has never worked for me. He's fine. He's okay. He's, you know, whatever. He doesn't like offend me, but he's just not. I've never saw the. Oh my god, he's great. Oh my god, this guy's. I've just never saw the potential in him. So to have him come to New Japan now, ah, that's tall timber for me. I don't know. I, I I'm, uh, I'm not buying him right I'm now. I'm not writing we'll him off. I'm just saying he's got to show me. I'm not. I'm not convinced that he can hang on this roster until I see that he can hang on this roster. That's my stance there. He's been, put, he's been put in positions to succeed a lot in Ring of Honor. And maybe I think differently than other people. Maybe people think he's had fantastic, awesome Ring of Honor matches. But every single time I've seen him in a big time or a somewhat big time or, or, or whatever, like a featured match on Ring of Honor TV, on Ring of Honor pay-per-views, big events. I've been to the shows live or whatever. He's just never, ever, ever done anything for me. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to say. Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi of Chaos take on the Los Ingobernobles. How about that? I said it right. Mm-hmm. The Japan team of Bushi and Sonata um, as the feud continues between these two factions. To me, this has been a great feud with a lot of great stuff. Feud of the year. Feud of the year right now. For it, me. It's up there. I mean, it, it's definitely a contender for me as well. Um, all of the six and eight man matches have been in the high three, low four star range. Would you agree with that? Yep. They don't feel like throwaway multi-man tags at all. They're heated. They have tremendous work. There's, gr- There's purpose. There's purpose in everyone. Purpose. There's great layered storytelling. And weaved into that has been this Yoshihashi-Sonata feud, which is a sneaky little feud. Yosh- the story here, Yoshihashi, look, he's annoyed. He's annoyed he's constantly passed up. There's a little bit of reality rooted in this feud. He stuck around in New Japan. He paid his dues. Sonata couldn't cut it in New Japan when he tried. He went off and did his own thing. He went to America to try to catch on. And now he just waltzes back into the company, and Yoshihashi's like, fuck this guy. I'm ba- I deserve my spot. Why is this guy? So now they're going to uh, they're building towards a singles match with these two. And what I love about this is Yoshihashi is so fiery. I don't know if you've been reading his promos. He's all fired up about Sonata. He don't like this guy. He's all fired up about it. And Sonata with the <laughs> with the Los Ingobernobles gimmick is just Mr. Calm. And he chokes this poor fucker out in every one of these tag team matches with the Dragon Sleeper. So I can't wait for their singles match. I think this is going to be a hot tag team match. I think Yoshihashi is going to pin Bushi here. Bushi's a junior. He could absorb that pin with no problem. And I think that that builds up, after, builds up Yoshihashi a little bit after losing a lot of falls to Sonata on the previous tour. I don't know when they're going to have their singles match, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this match. I think it's one of my more anticipated matches on this entire show, just because I love this feud. I love, I mean, like you said, every match has had purpose. Every match has been good, and that that's awesome. And the, the Sonata uh, 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 Yoshihashi story has been fantastic too. It's just been a really multi, like you said, a reality based, multi layered story or whatever. And you know, we got Ishii and Bushi in there, which is like, all right, that's fine too. Like they've also had some fun, you know. And Bushi's gonna, I, I've really liked a lot of what he's done. I like his character work as well, and it's freaking Ishii. So it's like everything in this match. 
is great. And then you look at like a Yoshihashi, who I'm not, I haven't been very big on his work in a while, but for the first time in, in a while, like I said, I've been anticipating matches with him because it finally seems like he has, I just never got what the hell, he was just a guy with a stick. You know what I mean? Like that's all he was for like three years. He was just a guy with a stick. Now he's got some purpose. Now there's some character. Now there's something behind him. And now it's like, all right, cool. Now I can get into you. Now there's actually a reason to watch Yoshihashi matches. So I'm into this. I, I, I think it's an awesome match. It's going to be great. I think, uh, I don't know how much time it's going to get. I don't know if it's going to stand out, but I think you're going to get something in there one way or another. You're going to get either a storyline advancement or, or, or something, but this is not going to be a match of skip. Definitely not one that you just pass. I hope Yoshihashi's in the G1. I really do, because I think he's a guy who's motivated right now. He works his ass off in these tag matches. He really does. He's a guy who I guess feels like they're finally, like you just said, he's not just a guy with a stick anymore. They're, you're giving him a little something to do. Okay, it's an undercard feud, but that's okay. That's progress for him. And I feel like if you put him in the G1, I really feel like he's going to work his ass off every night. You know there's guys in the G1 who go on pre-intermission and mail it in. This guy's not going to do that. No matter where you put him on a G1 card, he's going to kill himself. I really hope he's in the tournament. Uh, Evil versus Hiroki Goto as they continue their feud. I feel like Goto finally has to win one. Uh, You know, he had the DQ win at Wrestle Kingdom. Then he lost to Evil. Um, I don't think it hurts Goto at all if he loses the match. But I also don't feel like this doesn't feel like the blow off to the feud. And I feel like if this feud. No, there's one more match in the in the At in the least. And, sure. I, and I think they'll face each other at G1 too. And, and I feel like in order to have any juice, Goto had to win this one since Evil won the last one. I'm with you on that, and that's what I predicted as well. I, I think either sometime in the summer, whether a G1 or whatever, they're going to have another match because this feud—it's it, what do these guys do if you if you end this feud right now? There's nothing for these guys to do right now. Other, all the other guys are in feuds. All the other chaos guys uh, and Ingobernables guys are doing other stuff. So you need. Yeah, these guys, I think they're going to be linked a lot longer than here. I think at least till the end of the summer, maybe even fall, the early fall or whatever. But yeah, I see Goto getting his win back here and then them maybe, I don't know, trading wins or or maybe in the summer they have a rematch and Evil wins that one, the definitive. But yeah, it's it's not over here. I, if Evil wins right here, where do you go? There's no, sec, there's no next step then if Evil wins right here. He's obviously proved his dominance. Goto is done. Go away. So with that said, I think Goto wins. So you have at least a little nugget for a future match. Four-way tag team elimination match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. Seidel and Ricochet are the champs, and their challengers are Red Dragon, Rapongi Vice, and the Young Bucks. Look, we've kind of talked about this in past weeks. Um, I'm not going to repeat the same points. They've made it an elimination match this time. That doesn't really do a ton for me. Or <laughs> it's a different match now, Joe. The Young Bucks even said so. So anyone can win. It doesn't matter. I'm sure it'll be good. We say this shit every month. I really don't have anything else to add. It's just, I just really wish this was two separate matches. Yeah, I'm right with you. We, we said it last week. We, we've done it a few weeks now. We've, and we got, we said it for two years now. It, it's, it makes so much more sense to just have these be one on one. Let these guys shine a little bit. Let them, let the teams get over. Let the characters get over. Nobody gets, it's going to be 10 minutes. These guys will be running around, flying around, doing a bunch of shit in 10 minutes. It's, it's just, it, it's, you have such a talented roster. You know what I meant? Like I said, this division, you look at these guys, look at these. Look at these teams. Like, look at who's in these teams. It's, and this is what you do with it. It's the, like, you it's have, the deepest junior roster in the it's world. Awesome. And it's not like, even close. I mean, it's the deepest junior roster in the world. And this is these are the Matt Seidel, Ricochet, Bobby Fit, O'Reilly. Like, this is the best of the best. Fucks. You're doing And this is what you do. It's just not, you just have them do a clusterfuck 10 minute match. Everybody does their shit and they get out. It's just like, oh my God. Like, they don't know what they have. They really do not know what they have. But yeah, it's just, it, it's so annoying. Collected all this great junior talent and we keep getting these same tag team matches over and over. Uh, 
the single junior scene is a lot better though. And we've got Kushida defending against Will Ospreay. Obviously Kushida holds a one, nothing edge on young will. This is a very, very interesting match from a booking perspective because there's a lot of different directions you can go. Um, first of all, Will Ospreay is the hottest wrestler on earth. So from that perspective, I could easily see a title change. We just talked about striking when irons are hot, right? What iron is hotter than this guy's iron? I mean, if you're going to strike with Will Ospreay and put the title on him, now is the time with all of the upward momentum. However, I think the better story is Kushida beating him again and, and, and sort of giving Will this long-term goal to conquer. Sort mm-hmm. of how we had the Nakamura Abushi thing, which we never saw play out in full because they both left the company. But sort of a similar story. I personally think that's the better story. I can't kill Gato if they go to Osprey here, though, because it would be going to the hot hand and going to the guy who has all the buzz and going to the hottest young star in the sport. With that said, I, I can see an argument uh, either way. All I know is the match is going to rule. Yeah, and, and that's what I put in the preview as well. Is and it was actually kind of shocking because every single one of us picked Kushida. I thought somebody was going to pick Osprey, but we're all kind of on the same board there. And I think I have a similar story to you. Of I like the idea that Kushida beats him here. That you have Osprey who did who you know he won the the best of the Super Juniors. He's the hottest star. He's ready to go. You know he's this smug, smirky. You know he's a young guy. You know you got all the makings there. And then Kushida just beats him, and it's like all right, no, you gotta you, you're not ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get smarter. You gotta get better. You, you're not there yet. The flip side, like you said, is that Osprey has talked about he's had injuries. He's had this. Do you just say, all right, hey, we got this guy. He's the hottest thing going right now. We just signed him. It's a big deal right now. Let's give him this title and let him run. I, I, I see that. I could absolutely see that. I think, though, I hope that they're smarter about it and say, hey, look, let's let's not book for right now. We got this guy for a while. We got this guy for two years, presumably, other than you know if there's injuries or whatever. Let's let this play out a little bit. Let's have Kushida beat him here. You, Osprey doesn't lose anything. Osprey obviously he got to this point yet again. Doesn't hurt. He won doesn't the best hurt of the super Osprey, He's not hurt. Doesn't hurt him at all to lose this match. Right, and it's going to be an like it's going to be the. La- it's not like he's going to walk in and he's going to get a hoverboard lock and tap out in two minutes. Like it's going to be a, a back and forth yes. match. Like he's going to be at the absolute. You know, Kushida's going to be absolutely at the the end of his rope trying to win that match or whatever. So that's the fun part of it. But yeah, I, I think it's a much better story. Kushida beats him. Maybe Pat, maybe Osprey does something too silly and he gets locked into the hoverboard. It's it's something maybe small. Maybe it's something just tiny little bit where it's like, ah, you got to be smarter, man. Like I know you like to show off. I know you like to do this. You know, next time be smarter, be because that was the Nakamura Abushi story. We know that too. Abushi was you know into making fun of Nakamura and making funny faces and doing this sort of stuff, and he got beaten. It's like, all right, look, like you got to get smarter. You got to get more focused if you're going to beat me. If you're going to win this title. I like that story. I don't know when it happens. I don't know if, you know, who wins the Super J Cup, if that plays into it. Or if, like we've said, you maybe then stretch this out until Wrestle Kingdom. And then that's Osprey's big moment. I don't know. But I'm on board with it being, you know, Kushida winning here and working the story in a little bit more because nobody loses anything in that. I think that is the better story for everybody involved, Kushida and Osprey, you know, included, of course. Uh, Tag team title match. Heavyweight tag team title match. Gorillas of Destiny defending against the Briscoe brothers. I have no feel for the booking here. I have no idea if the Briscoes are booked uh, for future tours the rest of the year. All I know is I want the Briscoes to win very, very badly because the Gorillas of Destiny stink. And I I very badly want to see a title change. So that's what I'm predicting more for karma than anything else. But again, I don't know if this is another one of the Briscoes one-offs and we're not going to see him again until – uh, World Tag League, or if the Briscoes are going to stick around and work some tours. 
man, I really want them to win this match. I really hope so too. Yeah, that, that's all my only thought with this match is please, Briscoe's win. I just please, I just can't do any more goddamn Gorilla Destiny's matches. I just can't. So we talked about Hangman Page having to prove himself. Uh, Tangaloa, he he does <laughs> he does not belong in this roster. No, and, he sticks out like such a sore thumb too. Oh god! And it, it's like so it's like okay, if he was a prelim guy learning the ropes, I get it. But he's always high on the card because he's a tag team champion. It's a semi main event. It's like Jesus. It's, yeah, it's really a joke. It's it's too much. Yeah, it, it, it's bad. So I, I hope it's the Briscoes. But like you said, I have no feel for. I I, I actually don't know. I haven't. I guess I should have done a due diligence uh, and checked for the Briscoes booking schedules and that sort of. I have no idea. Um, I just, I just really, I'm going to have my fingers crossed that the Briscoes win. That's all I'm going into this match with. And just hoping that because I'm talking brisk, uh, Jay and Mark, that's good. I like all those guys. They'll have fun little stuff there. Jay and Mark are awesome. I just hope the Tonga Lao is, is barely in the match or whatever, but uh, I know listen, he, so. I want to see Tama Tonga take control. Uh, it, it, you know, and it, 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 this would be a good opportunity to do it. I mean, you, if you can't get a good match with the Briscoes, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. I mean, like, get you out, know, it, go it's away. Like, okay. Yeah. Your brother stinks. But that doesn't mean you have to stink, okay? Booker T was a one-man tag team for 10 years, okay? And Harlem Heat matches, uh, he had some good matches because of Booker T. There's no reason that he can't go out there and take control. Look, he wants to be elevated. He wants to be a star. They're finally giving him a push. He's finally winning titles. Go out there and show you deserve the spot. Go out there and work your ass off. And you're in there with the Briscoes. You know they're going to work hard. They're always excited when they're in New Japan. Who works harder than Mark Briscoe in New Japan? Oh, yeah. oh man, he loves it. You can tell he just loves his life. He loves being there. He loves it. You know, he's working. It. I was making noises and having the crowd go, ooh, uh, like doing elbows to... off the apron like Cactus fucking Jack in 1991. Yeah. Okay, you, you have a chance to go out there and impress. Okay, carry your brother on your back, watch some Harlem Heat tapes, do a Booker T, and go out there and carry this guy, and go out there and show that you deserve these titles and you deserve this spot on the card. Let's go. Let's go, Tamatanga. Okay, I don't want to hear – I'm tired of blaming the brother. We know he stinks. That's no excuse. Tomatonga could get in there, and he could work hard, and he could have, a, and he could have good matches despite the fact that this guy stinks and doesn't belong there. I'm sick of it. Get in there and do your job. I was screaming for this company to push him. Let's go. Show hey, it made you look like an asshole. I made you look like hey, an asshole. You make Joe Lanza look bad, I'm going to rip you on this show. <laughs> Another – You know, match what – Go ahead. I was going to say, another match that won't be bad. No, it will not. It's another feud of the year contender, too, in my opinion. And that's Katsuyura Shibata trying to win his never title back from Yuji Nagata. And the feud I'm talking about is Shibata versus the Dads. And I'm going to tell you why I think this is a contender for feud of the year. Because, you know, there's, again, great storytelling here, okay? What was Shibata's whole attitude at the beginning of feud. He was a guy who didn't take yeah, the dad a cocky seriously. Prick beating up on 45-year-olds. Yeah. He was <laughs> saying they should retire. They're just here to collect paychecks. They don't belong here anymore. I'm going to put them out of their misery. I'm going to take not care wrong of about these like guys. Three out of five guys. <laughs> okay, so he has a great match against Kojima, which unfortunately was a house show match that a lot of people didn't see. Everyone should go back and watch that Kojima match because it was a great match. Okay. He has a very good match with Tenzon. We know Tenzon could still step up a couple times a year and have a good match, but he beats both of those guys. But there's character progression here. Okay, He beats Kojima. Then he beats Tenzon, and he bows to Tenzon. But then he immediately disrespects Nagata. He has the match against Nagata. He doesn't take Nagata seriously, and Nagata takes his title. Did you notice, Rich, that on the latest tour, he's now been showing respect to Nagata? He's not slapping him in the face. He's not cheap-shotting him. He's bowing to Nagata. He's learning. He's le- he was humbled when he lost to Nagata. Now he has to overcome Nagata to get his title back. We are seeing character growth 
with Katsuyori Shibata right in front of our eyes. That's why this is such a great feud. I, 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 you know, I thought this was just going to be a throwaway thing. He was going to beat these three guys and then move on or whatever he was going to move on to after that. But that's not what they've done here. This has been a character growth feud for Shibata. He's learning the ways. Nagata keeps talking about, I have this never title and I'm bringing back strong style. He's, he's ripping the main events. He's saying the main events are loaded with interference. That's not strong style. This is strong style. Me versus Shibata. We go in there. We slap each other in the face. We show guts. We show heart. This is the strong style that New Japan has been missing. And he's right, Rich. And he's been great matches, these Shibata matches against these guys. And Shibata's character grew. All of this combined, this has got to be a contender for feud of the year for me as we hit the midpoint of the year. And I'm very excited about this match. It might be, other than Kushida and Osprey, my most anticipated match on this show. Yeah, I think it is my most anticipated match, to be honest, which is crazy. I mean, uh, of course, Kushina Osprey, I, I, I think, is going to be fantastic. But I just I love the story here a lot. And you look at it as well. You look at the type of the season that we're coming to. You know, it's obviously it's June right now. Um, you know, G1's on the horizon. This is a springboard for Shibata. It, we know that the symbol at the end of this match or whatever, you know, when it is, I, I think it's going to be here. And I, you, You're picking Shibata to win here, correct? I am. Okay, I, I am as well. I think the lasting moment of this match or the lasting sort of image is going to be, you know, Shibata winning and then him and Nagata bowing to each other, you know, something like yes. that. And that's sort of the, okay, you've beat us. You beat the dads carry on next step of your career. What, what's next for you. Now you move on. Now you do something else. And that is, you know, the G one and move on to the next step of his career. Cause this guy, he's a full blown roster member. Now, like now they can go, now they can do stuff with this guy. There's, it, it, this is kind of a gatekeeper thing for a while. It's like, all right, you need our respect first. You got our respect. Eugene Nagata will give you the thumbs up the bow. And now it's okay. Now what's next for you? Where, where do you go next in your career? I think that's the lasting image. I think that's what we get with this. And it, it, it's a great launching pad, a great springboard into the G1 and into the rest of the summer and into arguably the rest of Shibata's career after this point, which is going to he's going to be a completely different changed person because of this feud, because of this match. And I think that's awesome. That's incredible when they can do that in a, you know, a pro wrestling match. The, the push is coming now. Yeah. Got it for years, but now it's coming. Okay. He's going to overcome the Gata. Like you said, they're going to bow to each other, whether it's on this night. Look, maybe he loses to Nagata again. Maybe he beats Nagata in G1 to set up a match at Power Struggle or whatever the hell, and then he beats him there. At some point, he's beating Nagata for this title. They're doing that double bow gimmick that you just talked about, and Shibata is going to then carry the torch of strong style into the future. That's what it's going to be, and then he's going to, and then his big, his big time main event level push is going to go on from there. Probably next year, I would say 2017. We'll see him get a big time main event push from there. So yeah, this is a very char- is a very important feud for him from a character development standpoint, and they've produced matches uh, that have delivered. So yeah, very excited about it. Kenny Omega defending the Intercontinental title against Big Mike Elgin in a ladder match. Of course, he's stepping in for his boy Tanahashi, who is uh, sitting out with the shoulder injury. And I'll tell you, um, you know, I, I listen, this is going to be a spectacle because you have two guys here who are going to want to go out there and steal the show. Mike Elgin loves working in New Japan. He's uh, He's got something to prove. He's got the new contract. He's excited to be there. He's happy with his life. If you follow him on Twitter, it's a complete Complete 180 from where he was at in his life two years ago. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, because he has the kid, because of the new job, all those things combined, he's just a totally different person. And uh, I know he's going to go out there and try to impress. Omega is another guy. He's, he's finally getting pushed. He was not happy as a junior. These two guys are going to want to kill it. I think we're going to see a very entertaining spectacle here. I do too. And I think one thing that I mentioned this in my preview as well is that I think we sort of take for granted ladder matches. Oh, you know, a ladder match, whatever. We kind of roll our eyes. We've seen those. We'd... 
these fans, a lot of these fans have not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is going to be, I think the crowd is going to go nuts for a lot of the stuff that happens here. What might seem like a normal spot for us or something that we're going to see on Sunday a bunch of money in the bank or that we've seen in every other ladder match is going to be a big deal, those guys. Like, we saw when when Elgin put Omega through that, he powerbombed Omega through that ladder uh, at the best of the Super Junior Finals, I, I believe was the show. The crowd went nuts. It was like that because they don't see that. Yes. Like, for us, it was kind of numb to us. We're like, all right, yeah, God goes through a ladder. I mean, God, at Money in the Bank, six guys are going to go through ladders yes. in the same fashion. And we're, it's, we're going to be numb to it and go, oh, my God, we'll do it. This is awesome chant for 20 seconds. Then it'll be over and we won't care. That was like the crowd was buzzing. They're like, oh, my God, like what it just happened. Like, we have to remember that. We get this idea that, oh, it's just whatever. This crowd's going to be molten hot for this match because it's just they, they they don't see this type of stuff. So there's going to be spots that they have just never, ever seen that we might be desensitized to. So that's going to be a fun aspect as well is to see the crowd and how they react to the stuff that these guys do. And if these guys go and say, hey, we need to have uh, an all-time great ladder match, or if maybe they keep it a little, you know, let's not give them everything right here. Let's give them some little little hints of stuff. Like, let's not go absolutely nuts because they can do either. And that's I think that's the fun part of this match is both those guys are familiar. Uh, we talked about it last week. It's probably a better move to have Elgin in here instead of Tanahashi. A, because Tanahashi's hurt, so that'd be a horrible match to have when you're hurt. And B, that Elgin's a little bit more familiar with the, the stipulations, a little bit more familiar with that American, you know, sort of plunder match style, if which I'm assuming this is going to be. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. So I agree with you there. The other uh, factor with Tanahashi being out here is it's a good test for New Japan because forget all the defections that they had early in the year. Now they're 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 learning how to survive even without Tanahashi. It's like you don't even notice he's not around. You know what I mean? So if this show does well without um, Nakamura, Styles, Abushi, and Tanahashi, that's a really good sign for them. So main event, of course, Naito defending the IWGP Heavyweight Title against Okada. Look, the, it's not the right time to take the title off Naito. He's hot. He pushes a lot of merch. Um, he's very popular right now. Um, and it's just, it would be too soon, in my opinion, to go back to Okada. I think from a booking perspective, the logical yet boring story would be for Naito to retain the title here and then Okada to win the G1 and -hmm. then have their next match at Wrestle Kingdom, what is it, 11 now? 11, yeah. And then have, you know, Okada beat him at Wrestle Kingdom 11. That's the obvious, predictable, and boring story, but sometimes the obvious, predictable, and boring story is the correct story, and I think that's what they're going to do here. They're not beating Naito yet. No, it, it's too soon. And especially in this Osaka crowd, I mean, you can really build up some heat with having Naito win here. Um, yeah, I just, it, it seems weird. Like, because we talk about Okada, and of course, he was, you know, christened the new ace after Wrestle Kingdom 10. Okay, now it's his company. And, it, you know, he's taking a lot of losses, you know, big losses here. But. You can rehab him through the G1. Like it's, Again, like you said, it's not a glamorous story. People are going to roll their eyes about it. And, oh, my God, it's Okada you know, winning the title again at Wrestle Kingdom. And we've seen that. We've done it. Whatever. But it, it, it just makes the most sense because you're in a position now where you just cannot – you can't take that title off Naito. I mean, it, 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 he's a guy that absolutely – that title enhances the character a lot. We talk about it all the time where guys are, hey, you know, they don't need a title to be what they are or whatever. I think the – and I, don't, I think Naito is a great character with or without the title. But I think he's just so much more enhanced with it. I mean, he's, he's cutting promo at people about oh how should I hold the title oh you think I'm wrong because I throw it around I do this sort of stuff it's just really cool it's just got a really fun aspect of that and it'll be fun to see him kind of continue that and continue having people come after him to try to win that title because they feel like he's disrespecting it or whatever so I like that story of him sort of holding the title for a while but at the same time you look at Okada and it's like ah man like another loss for the guy but 
at the end of the day, like you said, I think the Wrestle Kingdom 11 main event is him winning that title and, and, and raising it high or whatever. So that's the long-term story. But yeah, I just don't, I, I just can't see a defense for having Naito drop that title right now. It's just, it, it, you just can't do that, right? You just, I, I can't fathom. I don't, I mean, it just seems like it would be the wrong time for that. Um, and with that said, do you want to beat Okada twice in a row? That's hard. Yeah, um, you kind of booked yourself into a corner here, which is so. I, I and it's like, but that's but thing. you got to draw. You got to draw. The, <laughs> so I get it. Yeah. yeah, that's like what we said. You got to go to this match. I mean, because of all the reasons I just said, you don't have Tanahashi, you don't have the three guys who left. So I don't, I don't begrudge them for booking the match at all and doing it here. And of course, you want to do this match in Osaka, which that I'm so curious how the crowd is going to react to all this, but. Um, yeah, they're gonna ironically like him now, or I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, they might just boo him in in a fun way because they know that that's what they're supposed to do now, because it's Osaka and and they've been booing him for for two or three years in that building now. I have a feeling he's gonna get booed out of the building, and they're gonna regardless. It's gonna be a molten hot crowd. Yes, I mean that that that's I mean that's what we know one way hundred yep. percent. Osaka's always awesome with a guy that has you know this love hate whatever relationship with Osaka. I mean the crowd's gonna be absolutely insane for this entire match. And I'm on Yuji Nagata's team here. I'm kind of getting annoyed with all the shenanigans in these title matches. I really, I'm getting sick of it. And, um, you know, we're probably going to see more of it. And I'm, I'm really going to be worn out on Naito's title defenses. If they remain this way fairly quickly before the end of the year, I'm going to be tired of it. Um, but well, he's not being Okada clean. I mean, that's something. That's what I mean. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting sick of this shit already in my Sonata's getting in there. Bushi's spring Gato or something. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that's going to happen for sure. Yeah. So, uh yeah so i mean it should be a heated match it should be a great match uh the title switch was a great match but um i don't know i at some point i feel like the shenanigans are gonna wear on me and i'm just gonna hand wave it and be tired of it Mm kind of like what happened in noah you know what i mean so um that's one thing to look at but if okada does lose again 